Magic Without Fears, Hermetic Podcast. I'm your host, Frater R.C. For more and exclusive episodes, visit magicwithoutfears.com. Thank you for your support. Hermetic Science Enterprises is a publishing company based in Scotland, UK, that specializes in Western esoteric printed literature as well as educational videos. With various imprints under its belt, its roster consists of grimoire tradition literature, alchemical works, Golden Dawn tradition books, and the several texts and videos originally belonging to the philosophers of nature. Besides its downloadable videos and standard hardcover edition books, Hermetic Science Enterprises also produces beautiful and precious limited fine edition books that are true pieces of art. For more information to order any of its products, please visit www.hermeticscienceenterprises.co.uk. That's hermeticscienceenterprises.co.uk. And as a lot of you know, I've uh, talked with the publisher Lenny on the podcast before, including a six-hour epic uh, extended version on the Patreon, and uh, seen the fine edition of his new grimoire of Scott's Discovery of Witchcraft, which is only available for purchase up to 50 limited copies uh, till the end of May, I believe. So check it out now hermeticscienceenterprises.co.uk And welcome back to Magic Without Fears. And it is welcome back because you've both been on before. So, hello Ray and hello Gabriel. Thanks for having us. Bonjour. Welcome and bienvenue de le Canada. We have many nice services for you to try out. Some of them are even made in Canada. Nice. I, I just bought some Canadian silver pieces a week or two ago. Yeah, really. Yeah, that is uh, that is random and very cool. What brought you to buy Canadian silver? Uh, just happened to be some of the type that uh, the coin dealer had, and I've been stocking up on silver for a while. So you know, yeah. Is that to pay the devil behind you? <laughs> yeah, probably a good point. Oh, good Essentially, point. yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, for uh, pay who, the toll years, huh? <laughs> yeah, pay the. For those who who haven't seen the episodes you've each done with me individually, do you want to just say a couple words about yourself? Um, sure. Um, my name's Ray Duvernay. I'm a third degree Alexandrian witch. Um, I run a coven called Cultus Catabasis, um, and this is my best friend, Gabe. <laughs> yeah. Um, Gabe. Yeah, and I, uh, I'm i not currently in any covens or anything, but I am a witch, and uh, um, yeah, I, I do a whole lot of psychedelic shamanism and uh, kind of opened the, the mission to draw my own tarot deck about Oof, close to a decade ago um after having the big the big dmt experience and that's kind of where i'm at right now i'm about 18 i think i'm working on my 18th card uh for the 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 official one that i'm doing um of the the trunks so yeah yeah fabulous i look forward to seeing some of that later and of course, oh, yeah. arts on display behind you for everyone who can see. This yeah. is what you do with uh, those rooms that don't have straight walls. 
yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. My whole room is kind of like a big weird museum of things. So yeah, yeah, it's fun. Yeah, it looks it looks great. Looks oh, great. So yeah, so of course you had a very popular episode on the podcast, the most listened to one so far. That's just how it is. I mean, as long as assuming we exclude Damien's YouTube numbers, because you know that just. <laughs> Yeah, he's, he's Damien, you know. It's a uh, hard to uh, hard to compete there. Well, he's got a little bit over the rock star status than we do currently, so you know. <laughs> I mean, yeah, he's he's got like you know the big beard, and uh, no, it's uh it's actually he's uh, yeah we chatted about a few things recently. Um, he he mess asked me if uh, if I was actually in Canada, and I wrote back yes. Are <laughs> <laughs> you planning on visiting? And he wrote back, "Hell no." <laughs> <laughs> but he wanted to know some things, uh, some some of the down low of what's going on up here with our weird ass police stations here from China, which is weird. Like I don't even want to. I don't want to talk about. It. Yeah, they're like monitoring Chinese citizens and stuff. It's it's very weird and. Yeah, I, I mean, we'll probably get rid of them, right? Because laws. Right, yeah, right. Yeah. I hope so. I mean, um, welcome to dystopia, you know. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, but no, this we're we're gonna escape from that stuff today with uh with the podcast. That's the idea to leave the world for uh, an hour or two or three. So right. leave the world. Of yeah, people. I don't know what's 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 been new and exciting in, in the world of witchcraft. Uh, you, I know that there's been some conferences that. Yeah, America has had since opening up. And uh, did you did you guys go to one or did you, Ray? No, I haven't gone to any like big conferences in a few years. Um, I've honestly kind of cut myself off from most of the world in a lot of ways. I did go to a small like invite only magic festival last year. That was maybe like 20 people. Um and then I've gone to some of the OEM Sabbaths, which uh, the OEM is the Order of Emergent Magi. Um, so those are, again, like smaller invite-only things that'll have maybe 20 to 40 people tops. Um, so I've gone to some of those, but I haven't gone to like Convocation or any of the big ones in quite some time. Um, I've just kind of been focusing on my own stuff. Uh, I have my small coven and uh, when, so before COVID happened, I had like a public Facebook group for people who wanted to know when we were doing rituals that were open to the public. And when COVID happened, I kind of went, well, people know we're still having people over to the house for rituals. That could be a whole drama thing I don't want to deal with. So that became just like a small group chat for people who had actually been going to stuff. And it's just stayed that way where it's like yeah. maybe 10 to 15 people get a text. Hey, if you want to be there, we're doing a thing at seven on Saturday. And then every once in a while, someone shows interest and I add them to the group. Um, last night I had a gig and another comedian came up to me and uh, asked about a magical podcast I had been on for a while. Um, and I was like, oh, I didn't know you followed that stuff. Um, so today I was like, have you ever actually been to a ritual? I can add you to the chat group. So like, we'll see if 
that new person comes to stuff. If they don't after a year or so, then I take them out of the group um, and just kind of keep it real tight knit. Um, we have our book club that we're doing. And again, that's, I think I asked you if you wanted to do it when I was first starting it. But again, it's just a small group of people and we have like a group chat and every Sunday at 5.30, we do a video call and discuss what we read that week. Mm -hmm. And uh, yeah, and I've just been keeping it real low key. I think it makes sense though, because I've been working on the HGA stuff. It wasn't necessarily a plan that like, I'm going to isolate myself from everybody and start working on HGA stuff. That's just kind of what happens naturally. So yeah, like I very rarely watch the news or anything. He pretty much tells me if there's current events that I should care about. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. The, the whole last few years has you know, had the effect of driving a lot of the stuff underground again and, and kind of, you know, fracturing and, you know people's relationships in a lot of cases and uh so yeah a, a lot of people have used that time to kind of advance themselves you know just in their own like solitary work or small group work and then a lot of people just kind of fell off the path too i you know yeah. just that we've noticed in our own group of friends that we you know had going for a while you know so it happens yeah that's uh that's definitely the case. It's interesting to hear about the um you know, the way things are are going. So do you do you find uh overall throughout the pandemic more people have come to magic in your experience or 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 has it been a net 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 loss or net gain? Because there was this big uptick, of course. People attribute I know midnight gospel to it and uh which didn't even occur to me, of course, when you're when you're in the water. You don't mind the rain or whatever they say <laughs> um, just uh, uh but apparently there was a big uptick um and maybe it's quelled or gone back a bit i mean there might have been like i said i've been more or less cut off so yeah. um i don't know if i would notice if there was you know overall an uptick i've heard some people say that like a lot of people are like doing witch stuff on TikTok. Um, we have one friend that I met through OEM that she is on TikTok and does some, she does like clown related occultism. Um, and it's interesting because okay. a lot of people like think she's doing like a chaos magic thing, but she's doing like deeply ceremonial shit well, as a clown. Um, well, but if but if you look at ancient statues of Baal, and she's Jewish, and so am I, um, Baal, ancient some ancient statues of him look exactly like a clown with the pointy hat and everything, the ball on top. Um, and so I don't know. It's kind of my interpretation after submerging myself in all this as much as I have that yeah, Baal is very much a, a clown god in, in a way, um, and so. Um, yeah, he's a jokester you know he does the things you know um so yeah I, I i i personally view the clown thing as very legitimate myself so. yeah oh it is and i know it is but i know that people who don't know have looked at it and thought it was something different than it was because mm. she's had situations before where people have said something to her about like oh yeah i love that you're doing like 
chaos magic. And she's like, oh no, this is, I did a whole solar hexagram thing that Ray doesn't even understand when I talk about it before you guys came into the circle. <laughs> chaos magic. Do you know how many symbols I had to memorize for this? <laughs> Give me some credit. <laughs> red nose doesn't mean i'm not a serious magician <laughs> and plus like the absurdity you know i think helps get you into the right headspace to do yeah. ritual you know i, I think it, it activates the theta waves a bit better um personally you know you, you want yourself not in normal everyday baseline consciousness when you're summoning demons or, or what have you you know yeah yeah, do you think, um, I, I remember being surprised the first time I saw the clowns in the DMT land in hyperspace, and, and uh, you know, that's a thought, bail. I never yeah. considered that, but certainly, of course, the, you know, the sacred clown's a powerful symbol. And Oh, yeah, 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 I agree, 100%. Um, now that I think about bail and the images I've seen, it's like, oh, yeah, I'm just not, of course, a, a Goetic, uh person to the extent that many are and actually it's hard to even say that word uh without uh you know thinking of uh poor uh mr jake stratton kent not poor but great jake stratton kent who's passed on right what a what a legend hey just take a second to appreciate that uh wonderful fellow um uh, have uh, either of you read much of his works uh no i don't think i have i don't think i have either oh you're definitely in for a treat um yeah, I I should have read his stuff sooner because I I I I told him I would I wanted to read one of his you know books before we podcasted and that was a long time ago that was early days, um and uh, yeah then I he had a, that episode yeah then he had a stroke and you know it's been hanging on for a long time but yeah if you want to yes I I can't imagine a better introduction to Goetia than his true grimoire, um it's just I I couldn't put it down cover to cover like four or five days straight i just couldn't stop reading it it was really uh really something and i think yeah he's an amazing amazing occultist we were lucky to have had him oh yeah oh, yeah. yeah um it's hard to read all the people that you really gotta read though you know like there's just so many of them yeah. and so many of them are not easy to get through either <laughs> that right. it makes the lists seem even longer. Like uh, we're working on Blavatsky right now. Mm. Um, the unabridged version of the secret doctrine, which is a two book volume. And each book is like this thick. And we just got through the first one and started the second one. And the print is smaller in the second one. And that seems like a mean joke. I don't know why they did that to me. <laughs> it's, it's just to get you through the first book and then be like, ha. Um, yeah, I opened up and was like, you gotta be fucking kidding me this why yeah. even longer <laughs> the, secret, the secret doctrine like i mean like why why are you doing this to yourselves <laughs> well because nobody else yeah nobody else will <laughs> and or few will and in my experience in my life most of the things that i was told don't look over there don't study this don't look at that are the things that I got the most out of, right? Yeah. And Levant catches a lot of shit, and so does Crowley, and so does you know Michael Aquino, and you know, all these people have written a whole lot of stuff, and so I immediately go, oh, I'm not supposed to look there. Well, 
fuck sign me up you know so yeah yeah absolutely yeah uh, there's a lot there you know i mean i recommend people to read her if they you know want to put themselves through a whole lot of hindu words that you can barely wrap your eyes around let alone your your tongue um but yeah yeah i mean it's it's not beginner level shit by any by any means but you know it's i think it's worthwhile i've learned a lot you know what's what's an interesting thing you've learned from reading the secret doctrine oh one thing um that has affected my whole perspective on the hga thing is she talks at one point about how like every soul like starts as a stone and then after so many incarnations if you do the shit you're supposed to do you can become a plant and then after so many incarnations if you do the shit you're supposed to do you can become an animal and then after so many incarnations you can become a human and then a celestial type being like an angel and that made me realize that like so we are to angels what cats are to us right so I am my HGA's pet cat, right? <laughs> like my HGA looks at me and they're like, yeah, humans are adorable, but this particular fucking human is the one I give a shit about. This is the best human. Yeah. That's, that's my theory. That's hilarious. Uh, one of the things that I got so far just recently out of it is, you know, when you compare and contrast it to people um, like Manly P. Hall and stuff and, and hmm. dig into a lot of this other occult writings, uh, the occult isn't just magic and witchcraft. You know, like if you look at it, uh, she's referencing stuff in there like Agartha, you know, like inner earth kind of stuff. And, you know, and so does Manly P. Hall. You know, they go into these very like, you know, like cryptids and all these other types of things. And it's like, people want to say, oh, you know, the conspiracy theorists are crazy. You know, it's like, well, but like, yeah, but that's especially magic people. Uh, magic people think, oh, conspiracy theorists are crazy because they believe in the you know hollow earth or something. It's like, have you even read your own goddamn magic books? Because it's in there. So you, you, you picking and choosing. You know, I, I like this page of Blavatsky, but these other five suck. You know. Well, and a lot of people have come to the realization, and not everyone, obviously. But a lot of people seemingly maybe lie about having read Blavatsky. Um, like, I'm not going to name any names, but there's someone we both know that at one point told me I'm a crazy person because I do ritual of some sort every day. And she claims to have read Blavatsky. And now that I'm reading Blavatsky, I'm like, there's no way in hell that you got through this book if you think that me doing a 10-minute ritual before I go to bed makes me a crazy person. Yeah. Like, <laughs> You just fucking did it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No. No, I. And I I uh, I think I heard something recently, Gabe, about um, where Manly P. Hall's funding came from. Do you know about that? Uh, I haven't heard that one. I, I don't. I don't. Yeah, recall. I think. Yeah, was it from like the Rockefellers or something like that? Hmm. You know, one of the, one of those families that 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 is fuel to the conspiracy uh, stuff. I mean, yeah. which uh, is uh, well, I thought good. was interesting. You know, of course, those families obviously give money to tons of people. It's like it's hard to keep track of, right? You know, well, 
But I mean, you look at these families too, and they have, you know, occult roots going way, way, way the fuck back, you know? So these people are occultists. Um, you know, there's, they're, the occult fingerprints are all over their stuff. So yeah, of course, I, I'm, I'm not shocked that they would finance Paul, you know, like he was, you know, just in case he finds something. Well, yeah. And also like, you know, he's considered one of the big Masonic philosophers of all time, you know, and you can't tell me that a lot of those people aren't, aren't Masons and, uh, you know, and other societies. So of course they're going to be financing that kind of research. You know, why wouldn't they? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, just because they all hang out on private islands together doesn't mean they're doing anything bad, right? Yeah, right. <laughs> um, how's, how's comedy been going otherwise, Ray? It's been going all right. Um, I've drawn back from comedy a little bit. Um, I never book more than one gig a month, but I've been enjoying it. I've been focusing on a lot of other stuff, so... I'm definitely not doing more than one gig a month right now. Um, I've gotten into jujitsu and boxing um, in addition to running a coven and having a day job and all that. And, awesome. But I'm doing with the HGA. So um, right. how's the boxing going? Boxing is going good. That's actually why we need to stop at three 30. Cause I'm going directly from here to boxing. Um, but yeah, I fucking love it. <laughs> I kind of didn't realize how much of my identity was tied to being a fighter until I got back into some form of fighting. Cause I grew up um, doing like sword fighting and staff fighting and battle axes and stuff um, with the Ren Fair. And I stopped doing that around the time I was 24. And uh, now at 34 I started boxing again I'm 35 now but it was last February that I started boxing and then I got into jujitsu in September and uh, yeah I don't know there's there's a part of myself that came back that was like oh I fucking love hitting things this is my favorite activity how did I forget yeah yeah and that kind of paralleled with me when I got into that aspect of my life, you know, doing the HGA thing, um, is, you know, I rediscovered my visual art thing, which I abandoned since I was a teenager for the most part, you know? Um, and so it might be just a common thing, you know, amongst people that do that spiritual work, they go back and go, Hey, when I was a little kid and I wasn't, you know, operating on anything but instinct, this was my thing. And then you kind of have to go back years later and rediscover your thing. It's like, you know, the, the angel or whatever you want to call it goes, hey, you know, go back. You know, there's a thing there you missed. Right. There was something you used to know you were supposed to be doing. Mm -hmm. <laughs> yeah, very, very interesting. Um, I've certainly felt that way with different practices from magic to academic ones to uh to things like yeah uh martial arts and fencing and and actually you know a big one was was dungeons and dragons ironically oh, yeah. enough but like you know like most people i had to give that up in my early 20s yeah early 20s because just school like and and work like life you know life happens and there's no way to do that while while doing uh grad school and and having a marriage and all that and uh 
And I just let it go and tried to bring it back. But life, I was, I remember what was interesting was every time I tried to bring it back into my life, there just wasn't room for it. No one had time to sit down and enter a fantasy world in the evening because everyone's lives were just too fucking busy, which might yeah. have been the real problem there for or something. You know, I, I haven't unpacked those stages of my life too much, which is fine. But now that it's come back in and uh, having we lost it from from August to present and we're just getting it going again, um, <clears throat> which is a classic mistake. We we let someone into the group and then we let their girlfriend, his girlfriend into the group. Mm-hmm. Wasn't the game, and not, not, it fell apart so fast. So yeah, fast. Like yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, I mean, everyone has to start somewhere. But... Oh, sorry. Go ahead. Everyone has to start somewhere, but but some but non gamers often don't realize how seriously the game has to be taken for it to be fun, right? right. If you're looking at your watch after two hours to get home, <laughs> yeah, you're not doing it right. So yeah, I, I look forward to getting back to it. It's something about having to be physically around other people and and solve problems with them in that kind of space. And I, and for the first time ever, I recently read a passage in one of Nick Farrell's books where he actually talks about uh, Dungeons and Dragons as a form of path working. He's like, yeah, they were, people were path working and they didn't even realize it. Um, Which I thought was interesting to hear addressed from someone because certainly as a kid growing up, we, we, yeah, you go into some strange alternate realms where you don't, you totally forget you're in the room. Yeah. Um, yeah, I would agree with that. I think it plays into understanding game theory too with life. You know, when you can kind of look at your life as a big video game, you know, and you're like you have attributes and you go up levels and shit, you can kind of make a game of existence and get further. It, 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 at least in in my uh, opinion. But it's funny you bring up Dungeons and Dragons. I, I do all my drawing like right next to where the camera is here, and I've got uh, a couple of these like first edition. Oh, that I uh, that I monster manual of fiend folio that yeah. I use for uh, for reference material for one of my new cards. So yeah, that that old DMG right there is literally how I like learned to read that that book that hardcover. That was that was what uh yeah because you know we we learned to read late in Waldorf school. So by age nine, I was just uh, I was desperate to get going. So I picked up that book and just started plugging through it to. Because I, you know, yeah. I wanted to know uh, what the advantages were to different classes of monsters and all of that stuff. And uh, yeah, yeah, once you once you get into that sort of gaming, playing once a week with your dad's not enough. You and your buddies want to do it twenty four seven. Yeah. Oh, we did. We did. I had a group of friends, and that's like we have these books memorized. You know, like that's what we were just dorks, huge yeah. nerds. Oh yeah. Yeah. But it was the great. Am- it, the it, amount of page numbers I still have memorized for the second Ed uh, Player's Handbook is crazy. Um, oh, yeah. Yeah. It, it kind of sets you up to reading some of the crazy shit you read later. Like, it's it's easier to plow through Blavatsky if you've trained your brain to to do stuff like read through 20 charts of, you know, damage for different melee weapons. You know, you just... <laughs> There. um that's hilarious yeah 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 blavatsky um yeah of course you know then yeah then when we found out that uh, spirits were sort of real and yeah and we could interact with them and maybe get things from them then of course that's mm-hmm. when the 
the D and D group became a coven. <laughs> <laughs> well, just like the chick track said it would. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Oh shit. I mean, it's there's not much uh, more interesting than engaging with those sort of spiritual realms. Someone asked me what I meant on a comment section some some recently about what i meant by spiritual realities and i was like oh this is a trap this is a trap i'm not falling for this i know what the reply guy will say so i'm not going to answer it but it made me think you know what is a good simple answer for what do you mean by spiritual realities because it's a, it's a cheeky kind of question unless you're actually really sincerely asking which i guarantee this person wasn't um it was, it was it was like definitely some materialist wanting to jump on the bandwagon of of telling you know saying you're you're mentally insane if you think that spirits ha can have any impact on this world or that gods can have any impact in reality or that anything spiritual that people interact with has any impact in in our world whatsoever obviously this this kind of line of thinking always always ignores the human experience and you know the experience of religious people or and any spiritual practitioner whatsoever and and even worse the bigger crime is is the uh is the casual discarding of the question of what what reality is in the first place of course right is reality just this objective thing and we're just some sort of thing moving through it that's gone or is it a subjective experience or something in between which is most likely what it is um yeah so i don't know what what if someone asks you guys what's what what's this what do you mean by spiritual realities what comes to mind uh myself i i don't know i kind of look at um at the dmt realm as being you know what we kind of refer to as the spiritual realm and i think that they are the mechanism that makes this side of reality function you know like a like you have a car and it's the motor of the car that you never see that actually makes the fucking thing go um and that's the dmt realms and there's crossover there you know um some like in kabbalah you know they say you know the top one you know you, you can't conceive of the one right um and he needs messengers to kind of go between the realms to communicate to you because, you know, the actual voice of God just was, you know, unintelligible and, and, and blinding. So, you know, you have like those crossover realms. So, you know, parts, you have the little wires that go from the motor to the different things and they carry the information. Um, and it's, it's all part of the, the one unit and it's going and it's doing the thing. Um, but it, it requires both sides. You have to have, that side, you know, the engine side pushing this, and you have to have this to house the engine side and to make their work, you know, their work has to go somewhere and do something, right? So that's where we're we're at. Um that's my interpretation or, or my in my experience of it. Okay. I mean, I probably would go right where you did and not answer the question for the person in general. Yeah. Um I generally take the position that for me, I operate on a spiritual model where there, you know, are actually spirits that 
we can actually summon and actually work with in a very literal sense. However, um, I know a lot of people operate on a psychological model and they feel that, you know, oh, well, you're actually just tapping into parts of your own psyche that allow you to then do the things you need to do to do this and that. And I kind of think it doesn't matter which one's true. I personally believe that we are literally interacting with spirits and literally working with spirits. Um, but like, I'm not going to debate with anybody on it either. If for them, it's a psychological model and we're just like life hacking our own brains or whatever, like, fine, cool. The shit still worked. Yeah. So <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, 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 I adhere more to the psychological model. Um, but I mean, I think it's just different names for the same things, you know? So yeah, I've I've thought of I think about this here and there, and uh, it does it does seem like to some extent it doesn't really matter what your what your paradigm is, um, as far as effectiveness goes, or though it can you know it can affect things like procedure, I guess, right? Like mm -hmm. you know you well if you believed in the psychological model, you wouldn't do Solomonic magic because there you'd be looking for some sort of phenomenon to confirm spiritual uh, presence I, I, or action. I don't agree though, because okay, I think go for it. Yeah, I think the mind can do anything. And I think what you do in these rituals is you tap into that element of your psyche. I think that the Solomonic, the Goetic, you know, model, Solomon went through, or whoever it was, right, went through and divvied the human psyche up into 72 channels. And uh looking at it from like you know, I, I have a background in being a musician. So I look at it as in going into a studio, right? You've got 72 tracks and it's your job to go in there. Once you crack the studio door open, which is having a big spiritual experience doing the, you know, HGA, whatever, then it's your job to go in and evaluate where these 72 stations or, you know, channels are, turned up too much clashing with each other i've got the trumpets too loud over here and i need more snare da, 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 in order to make of your life a more harmonious symphony um and so i think it's a way of saying okay well if we name them all that way it gives them a name that be, so you can isolate it work with it and identify it um yeah anyway I, yeah, I mean, that's definitely that it works to look at things that way. And my I always come back to the, the fact that I wouldn't really want someone to accept spirits as being real, if necessarily, if they hadn't experienced them, you know, like, why would you want to accept uh, for someone to believe something they haven't seen proven right like right. Feel is verified so so to on that from looking at things from that side it's like yeah we'll proceed as 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 you as you want and uh you know if <laughs> things might change and right i mean if if uh and it's like... oh sorry no no it's <laughs> fine it's like you know if if if, if spirits like you haven't uh manifested to you or or given you signs that 
that they're real to to convince you so then then why would you be why should we anyone force you to accept that right just keep keep proceeding and they'll probably they'll probably uh let you know at some point i mean once you get like buildings shaking and stuff like that it's pretty hard to think it's all in your head um and like I always say, you know, a lot of people use the term unverified personal gnosis. I lean more towards saying unverifiable personal gnosis um, in that I can't prove to you even like I've heard people talk about verified versus unverified. Um, yes. But I tend to stick with unverifiable because even in situations where I've had what some would call verified personal gnosis, where like, for example, there is a situation um, where I was in the talking phases of starting a romantic relationship with another magician. And I had had a dream where I astrally projected to him and I was talking to him about the, the next day and he was like, well, do you know it was a dream or do you think you really like astral projected to my apartment? And I said, well, I don't know how I'd know that your bedroom's painted red. And he was like, holy shit. Now, some people would say that is verified personal gnosis that I, you know, I pulled a fact out of here. And then I turned around and said, oh, well, I, I'm pretty sure your bedroom's painted red. And it turns out it was. But there's also only so many fucking colors in the color wheel. And like, at the end of the day, do I care whether or not other people believe that I astral projected to him? Yeah. I mean, yeah. yeah is it like, are, yeah. Are these things for you or for you to like brag about on Facebook? You know, do you know right. for yourself or do you got to convince every dumb motherfucker that you've ever met? You know, like a, uh, you could, you'll waste your entire life running around trying to pander. No, but, 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 but really, I, this is what happened. You know, I'm, well, and it gets into, in some, like, magical gatherings, it can get into, like, a weird dick-waving competition where it's like, oh, no, but I saw this. And, well, I had this experience. And it's like, I'm never going to tell another magician, like, hey, I think you're full of shit. But I have encountered people before where it's like, I'm pretty sure you're full of shit. Every time you channel, the thing you channel talks exactly like the last thing you channeled no matter what spirit we were working with that's weird well, you know but i'm also not gonna try to be the magic police and be like nope i know who's really having an experience like so i stick with unverifiable personal gnosis i don't have to accept your gnosis you don't have to accept mine um and if i do think you're full of shit maybe i just kind of quietly step back from working with you and go find people that I don't think are full of shit, but we don't have to have a confrontation about it. <laughs> so I kind of look at, um, at this as a, you know, communication from spirits and, and, and verifiable kind of things. I look at synchronicities a lot, mm. you know, um, in drawing these tarot cards, which, you know, it, I, you know, you're playing with very old sacred religious energies messing with them. Right. Um, I've had more crazy synchronicities than what you could really account for with, uh, you know, with just random chance. Oh my God. You know, like just too many, just, and it happens all the time. And, uh, you know, my friends that are around me and kind of experiencing this whole journey uh, as well, they, they see it too. And it's, it's, it turns into kind of a weird 
thing you know like we talk about it like hey i'm starting you know like for example i'm working on the star now um, thank god right so and and it's an aquarius card and i'm working on it just happened to be working on it now when pluto's about to move into aquarius and uh uh yeah and so it turns into a thing of like i'll talk to my friends and we'll say well what do you think's gonna happen now with this one <laughs> you know what kind of weirdo shit's gonna pop up and just be like present in our environment, you know, our little microverse here. Um, well, like with the death card, I literally had a near-death experience. I got in a fucking car wreck. Someone yeah. acro came across the center line, and I managed to get over, but it would have been a split second, or it would have been a head-on collision, and I would have been booked. Yeah. Um. So I was real happy when that one was done. There's a ritual I've been thinking of doing um which involves ritual waterboarding and i was like we're not doing that during the death card <laughs> no way we're Definitely. gonna wait so that's done kevin and bacon then... flatliner stuff right yeah yeah no it, it gets weird it gets real weird and i think it's spooked some people out of it you know i think there were some friends that we had that I think maybe things got a little too strange for them and they kind of you know checked out um which fine you know whatever <laughs> it's funny you know even just thinking like just just from our small little coven in high school which was you know me and then two friends from public school as a result of that alone most of our friends from my school and from both schools and even other people in the school uh had eventually probably left high school believing in these things simply because of the amount of stuff resulting from just our little you know three teenager coven right yeah it's wild we would figure some stuff out sometimes we demonstrate to other people and then they're like holy shit that's fucked up and uh you know they tell a few other people and then you know next thing we know our birthday parties are like turning into seances and stuff like that um and even the cool kids wanted to be involved because they're like yo did you did you experience that last incense he made that was crazy <laughs> yeah, I couldn't believe that sitting in a circle, you know, uh, holding hands with this new incense I concocted would cause such radical experiences, just that alone. So, yeah, it's true. There's a lot of power in these things. Now, when you uh, enter those subtle states, uh, it's amazing how how little it actually can take to to have a, an experience like, you know, whatever spirits are in the area or whatever whatever is mm -hmm. just uh, floating around just just even the interaction of different pe of people's bodies uh and all the energy in our in the matrix matrices of our being interacting is is phenomenal in those heightened states so yeah i uh sometimes i i i hope we didn't freak anyone out too much but i think not you know if you people if, if people can be pretty resilient they might go into denial definitely a lot of sort of denial afterwards um oh, a lot of that like you know the nod of respect in the hallway, but like we don't need to see further. Like that was enough. Yeah. That was cool. Yeah. yeah, yeah. That's funny. It's funny. So, uh, yeah, speaking of of the tarot work uh, you've been doing, and you're Jewish as well. So, what what do you think of that? The 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 last podcast that I did with Stav Appel. Oh, um, he hasn't listened to that you one. Seen I don't that yet. I oh mean... man. We'll um, have to talk just uh, privately sometime once you've checked out his little uh, show because. Uh, it, it yeah I, i'd love to hear what you thought of it okay cool 
that's another interesting thing is um so he pronounces it a pal but I think, it, I don't know. okay but also it's spelt the same way as my mother's maiden name and she pronounces it apple um but i thought that was interesting it's the same last name yeah, I, I, I don't, I, I don't quite recall. I think he says Appel, but maybe, probably both ways. Um, <laughs> I don't think he minds. But yeah, no, very interesting research he's doing into this one, uh, one tarot de Marseille, where it looks like in this one deck that someone hid uh, Jewish teachings at a time when you know it, it was otherwise illegal. Um, turning yeah. that, turning a, turning a, a game into a, 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 a secret. Jewish messages um at a, yeah it's very surprising but when you look at it it's very very convincing so who oh, knows yeah. the, the research continues yeah well as an artist you know like you can hide all kinds of stuff in your art you know and you certainly do I, I do <laughs> oh I I I've studied a whole lot of stuff like propaganda subliminal messaging you know, MK Ultra. I, I, I study all this stuff. And so um, as an artist, you can't help but to put all this stuff in your own, in your work after you, you learn it, you know, it just becomes part of your vocabulary. Um, and so, yeah, yeah, you absolutely can hide and, and put all kinds of, of things in there. And, and the fun thing about art too is even if the conscious mind doesn't get it, the subconscious does. Or at least it sees it, and it'll it'll get the wheels a turning on, on people, and so and through repeated, you know, throwing the pebbles at the wall, eventually you break through, and somebody has a like, they get it, you know, or whatever message or wisdom that they were meant to get out of that piece of art, or you know that that they do eventually. So, yeah. So what what do you expect to be going through with the star card? Which of course I love as an Aquarius. Okay, well here, let me. I'll grab. It's right here. So there's no ink on it really yet to speak of. I just got the. Uh, oh shit. Um, I just have the pencil. I don't know if you can how good you can see it, but um. Yeah, we can get a an idea. Oh, cool. Okay, so what I did is, is that a dragon I, at the feet? Well, yeah, yeah. So what I decided to do is I, I what I like to do is I take. Uh, some, you know, understanding of like Jungian archetypes and things and, you know, myths and you know, all these things and, and kind of wrap them into what I can distill out of it and make the card, right? So, um, so for this one, uh, being the star, I thought the good personage of, of the representation of the star would be a starte, right? Like it's right in the name. So it causes me to go in on a deep dive into all of the Astarte symbolisms and and all of that. And so when I do that, I like go through and read, uh, you know, the, the corresponding chapters. I like the Book of Thoth and Kenneth Grant and uh, Eliphas Levi, you know, and Transcendental Magic, where he has his, uh, you know, the the book, you know, basically broken up into a tarot deck, more or less. Yeah. Um, and so I go through and I take notes and I, you know, meditate on it and, and, you know, and think on it a whole lot. And so, um, so it's, you know, there's, it's the 17 card. So, um, 
So you've got a starte and I've got her coming out of, you know, like stepping out of a lotus at the bottom. Um, Cause I kind of wanted to go for like a birth of Venus kind of vibe too. Right. Cause then mm. that corresponds the symbols lineup. Right. So I take these symbols that all kind of like have the same meaning and they've just been kind of broken up through different cultures and I kind of blend them together in a picture. Right. Oh, yeah. sorry. Um, and so I've got a starte doing that. And then part of the star is you've come through hard times, right. And you've gotten the wisdom and the benefits or the the spoils of war of those hard times right and so I, in behind her because i've got like the birth of venus so i've got the uh like a sea kind of background to her which also plays into aquarius right i've got the uh seven-headed beast of the apocalypse coming out of the sea behind her so and I'll have each one of the heads kind of corresponding to one of the seven deadly sins. Like she came through that, all those challenges and will be pouring out, you know, her, the wisdom that she's learned onto, you know, the, the ground or, you know, back into the sea or, you know, however I depicted at that point, but yeah. Um, yeah. And so like in Grant, I think it was, you mentioned like the winged solar disc is, you know, tied into this card a little bit. So I used that as a way to put the, uh, like to frame the the Roman numerals at the top, you know, and kind of give it that kind of thing. Um, but yeah, actually I should show you one that's. Yeah, let's see. Cool. Yeah, it's hard to see the pencil on on that, but while we're while we're doing the segment, let's let's see the other ones. That All way right. I can, uh, that way I can clip the visual section of this podcast and put it on uh, on YouTube for everyone to see. Okay. Um, well, which one would you want to see? I've got everything from the fool up through the tower done. <laughs> Let's start with the tower. Oh, shit. Okay. All right. So the tower. It was when the artist in our old order was trying to draw the tower card for our order's tarot deck that the order like really fell apart. That's the claim. I always thought it was like superstitious as all hell. But, you know, who am I to judge? <laughs> um so the tower when i started working on this one everything around my house broke <laughs> maybe it's not superstitious then no i my uh was it my furnace, furnace went out my washing machine went out um there was a few a couple other things like it was just everything broke down my body broke down oh my gosh like i i started getting that when your kidney stones got real bad and you're like kind of fucking move yeah like everything everything just crashed right um and yeah it was not not fun that one but uh yes. anyway this is this is what it it looks like ah there's a little bit of glare there oh, um, so well thanks um so uh, one of the symbols that pops up in a bunch of mine is the yellow brick road, because that's the great path that you're walking, right? Um, so you've got the yellow brick road kind of going through the, the mouth of the tower there, like into it, and there's teeth, you know, because you have to go through, right? Because there's mountains behind it. Like, there's no other way. You've got to go yeah. through. It takes you to a different area, right? Um, then I've got you know, the little princess in the, uh, in the tower up there. Um, and I thought, you know, the tower's, you know, menacing. It's this other, otherworldly like fear. And there's like the dragon coming up, you know, from the bottom. Um, 
so you know i've got tentacles you know I, i'm a big lovecraft guy too so you know there's a bunch of tentacles that's, going on that's um, one of the things i certainly love about this about your style and approach yeah uh, well, well, like mixing you. mixing yellow brick road and and like is a golden thread in the lovecraftian drama and and you don't shy away from from depicting horrors and full-on oh, yeah. fantasy oh yeah um yeah and so also the tower you know you have like the it's kind of a kundalini you know breakthrough also you know you're opening that eye and it causes destruction you know once you see things you you know it kind of gets laid to waste so there's that element that i've got the little devil guy up here throwing the you know kind of directing the lightning into the the opened up third eye here very and the cool. fire um, yeah thank you and the fire and i've got a dragon i tried to make it as fearsome as i could um there's a um little eight-sided window there for the third eye a little bit like another third eye you know <laughs> it's a it's a theme i guess you have um, too many third eyes eh right it, no doubt no, no doubt no um i mean i've seen an entire pillar of them rising up you know through my ceiling on dmt before so what's two when you have that right exactly Um, yeah then i've got like the the pope down here getting is the pope impaled the pope is impaled yeah on a on a spike Uh, uh, last time it seemed to work yeah 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 well i for pope who will look after all the deaf children well, well yes. right. On the death card, he decapitates the Pope. And what was it? Two days after you finished no, the death card? No, the day. Okay. The day after I finished. Yeah, here's the death card. This is the full size one. Um, but you can see at the bottom here, you got the little decapitated Pope guy looking a little distraught because, you know, he He's was not a happy camper, eh? Yeah, right. Yeah. And so uh that is so anyway. cool. The, the the I the the fact that your death card's on a merry-go-round yeah. blows my mind. I fucking love that. Well, thanks. Well, I mean it's you know, life is a big cycle, right? It it's a big going around cycle. And it's a merry-go-round if we're lucky. Well, <laughs> well right. And and Bail being, you know, kind of a you know a clown god in a lot of ways i like kind of incorporating a little bit of a carnival circusy aspect into stuff when i can oh my god um, yes and so yeah yeah so the, yeah the, the death card um what i did is i took my my little death guy here you know and i put him on a pale horse and you know, i thought okay well pale typically means like you know white or like a, a real faint thing but i'm like bone is pale that works right and so I wiped out the rest of the the merry-go-round uh, animals because he's deaf. He killed them all. And the rest of the card is pretty colorful, um, except death himself. And, and the horse he's on is black and white, you know, because life is this big, colorful, loud, spinning thing until death comes around. It makes everything real black and white real fast. Um, yeah, and I've got like the little you know, time uh, hourglass with little wings on it. There's mm. like a little embellishment. And... Time flies. Right, exactly. Yeah, yeah. and uh, you know, the Scorpio thing, yeah, emblem and yeah. Anubis up here and the bones. and Yeah, anyway, that's, that's the most recently completed one. Um, 
one of the things I find with some of the the new tarot decks that are really visually appealing that draw me in is that they uh, don't also have the esoteric component and hidden symbolism as well. And that's one of the things I think that I, I'm identifying as really appealing about your your cards is they have both because you have that aesthetic as well as the ability to execute it well. As and then the deep magical component fusing them together, and that's exactly what I think it takes. Like, are are you, are you going to make some of these prints available at some point to people? Well, yeah, I have prints available currently. I, I, the, the idea was to get them on Amazon, but they haven't gotten there yet, so I, I need to get some type of ability to do that. Um, very, very exciting. Well, thank you. Um, yeah, yeah uh, but yeah, people want them. I guess I can't wait here. to get one up. Yeah. Well, thank you. Um, yeah, so going going back to the hiding things. So you've mm. got the tower here, right? Again, so part of the tower is it's a phallic symbol, right? And so you look at it, it's big phallic symbol, and you kind of you know, uh, and it's got the teeth and everything, just like a real penis. Right. right. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Now I'm gonna have nightmares. Um. Wait. Doesn't everyone have the thing, the teeth at the end? No. Right. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Um, but if you look also, if you look at the tentacles, I, I hide the word sex in there. So oh my know. God. That's amazing. Right. That's and if you amazing. look at, and if you look at the position of the Pope and the King, they've both been impaled, but that looks like you could make a, a case for them thrusting. Right. And there's the woman be, that behind each of them that's been impaled, which is another kind of oh. sexual connotation there and they tie together in in a most explicit way suggestively oh my god that's horrific and <laughs> at the same time well thank you i appreciate the, the, it i can't believe that you thought that but like i mean i don't mean it this way like it's hard i know you i believe that you would put that much thought into it. it's just it's it's impressive it's very dark darkly impressive like yes i i, I yeah well done sir well, thank you. I, I that's, appreciate it. That's, that's probably one of the darkest tower cards ever made, but also one of the funnest. Well, you know, well, got a dragon, yeah. got the devil, and and the yellow brick road leading to the jaws of death and destruction. And yeah, sounds yeah. like a, another good day in, in uh, the, you know, 2023. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, or at least 2020. And up until now, you know, God, I'm, I'm, I'm hoping we get out of the tower uh, catastrophe soon enough, you know, but it's fine. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I've, you know, speaking of, I guess, the world and, and magic, uh, one thing I've, I've thought a lot about is, 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 uh, you know, where, where magic could be targeted best for world change and, and that sort of thing. I know obviously a lot of people are, especially with uh, the Enochian system, which is designed to affect political change in, in one of its main components, of course, through the airs, which govern different parts of the planet and are meant to affect the rulers and, and leaders of those parts of the planet. Um, you know, obviously I, I think the, the, the initial reaction is for people to try and get their side to win. But that's just nonsense. Like going, can't keep going back and forth in this shenanigan puppet show, distracting us from, you know, the clear and present dangers um, that many actually I think are waking up to. Uh, 
And I was just thinking about like, you know, we can do we could do political magic to get better people into politics or get the people who are there to be, you know, perhaps pay attention to their conscience a bit more or that sort of thing. Right. Yeah. It's a tricky thing because, you know, on some level, you know, we're supposed to be advanced, an advanced species, right? You know, like we shouldn't need a farmer to tend us into our little flock mentality, right? Um, but also there's a component of the human experience for most people where they do want to be led. They don't want to take the reins for themselves. And so what do you do? You know, and because you put somebody into power through politics and what happens when they have power? They get corrupted. They end up doing heinous shit and screwing everybody over. And it's just, it it's a story as old as time. So how do you balance all of these things in order to try and get the best possible life world out of it, you know, mm -hmm. I guess? Yeah, I mean, it's, it's almost an impossible question, just in the sense of like, then you have to like, does power corrupt or does power attract the corruptible? Like, cause I've often thought like, you look at the amount of work that goes into becoming like president, you kind of have to decide at five, I want to be president of the United States and then actually keep that as your focus, your whole damn life. And I think most people are going to find some other way to help people if their intention is actually to help people. Whereas the people who go, no, but what I need is the position. That's what I need. They're maybe not so interested in helping people. Okay, so in the, does power corrupt or are corrupt people drawn to power? There's been, uh, there, there was an art piece, a performance art piece done by Marina Abramovic. Oh, yes. That... Marina Abramovic, she's my favorite artist. I mean, well, I mean, yeah, she she's a she's an artist. Anyway, um, <laughs> I know which one you're talking about, where she like let people do, do shit to her. Let let people do shit to her whatever they wanted. So they had the the you know the common observer, common person gets power for a minute, and they were doing fucked up shit. And now a word from our sponsors. At Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place. By working more efficiently. By using more sustainable practices. By developing better technologies. We keep moving forward. With each new idea, innovation, and partnership, we're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, visit parker.com slash purpose. Parker, engineering your success. While we cannot control whether any ads get put in the spots allocated, we thank you for listening to those that do since they help keep this project alive. You can also get ad-free content and bonus content and videos and a private webpage by subscribing exclusively to magicwithoutfears.com for only a couple dollars a week or six dollars a month or fifty for the year. It helps a lot, plus you get emails about other exclusive things. Thank you very much. So I think power corrupts. I mean, are, is there going to be people in the world where that 
isn't the case, sure, mathematically, it almost have to be so. But how many of them are there out there? Is there a way to say, hey, we found you. Will you please do this job? Because there's <laughs> nobody else that can fucking do it. Um, yeah, who knows? I, I don't know. It, it's an odd one. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I'm not so sure about that woman's art. She should probably stay focused on her uh, cuisine and cooking. Uh, well, <laughs> I don't know if that's going to help anybody either. Well, <laughs> so yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. Yeah. Well, that's that's how the you know the stereotype of witch eating which is eating babies comes around. You know, you got those types. I mean, <laughs> hasn't eaten things baked into other things for ritual purposes but <laughs> you know yeah <laughs> um what was i gonna say i had a thought oh uh... <laughs> yeah what was i i lost track of what i was thinking but it's uh some it's some strange stuff for sure um yeah yeah, well, there's a dark side to these things, you know. It's it's not all, you know, uh, charmed and uh, uh, what was the fucking one, Fruzabalk, the craft. You know, it's not all, ooh, we're witches and we're doing this fun stuff. I've seen some, some witches that are akin to the craft. Well, right, but right, yeah, okay. <laughs> but you know, it's you know there's there's a darker side to some of this stuff and a lot of people don't want to acknowledge that or pretend it's not there but it's motherfucking there you know if you peel back and look at what is being said and read between the lines and look at history and uh relics that have come down to us from history there's a lot of evidence that points to dark things you know, I mean, we know that there was child sacrifices and animal sacrifices to Baal and all the, you know, they're like, it's a oh, yeah. We found yeah. mass graves of sacrificed children. Yeah, it's, it's, right. uh, it's funny when we're, when we're uh, resuscitating or reviving uh, some of these, these old gods from these old pantheons and, and, you know, collecting the different goddesses and gods and saying aren't they happy right a lot of the time most of those cultures had some of these huge dark underpinnings uh for a long yeah. period of time and you know just sort of ignore the ignore that ignore this and and that, you know that's what that's why it always is a reconstruction right it's not like we're ever really uh bringing it all back we're definitely picking and choosing it's probably not a bad thing because ideally not anyway well, we have better is... ways to uh grow crops now than to sacrifice a hundred people to a god yeah well i mean unless you, well unless you count all the people have died from you know stuff to do with gmos in which case there's a lot of people getting sacrificed to these gods through you know that I think that's that's actually you know when you think of uh, yeah like it's hard not to think of sometimes the world as being these mass sacrifices right you know whether it's through yeah GMOs or the 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 corruption of our food sources eh like that's something that yeah. I I was always aware it was there to to an extent but now I'm really aware of it yeah right. after 
after recent years and you know and seeing the recommendations that are coming out now is telling us to eat frosted flakes is really healthy and you should eat more like sugar-filled cereals but you shouldn't eat eggs and meat great oh yeah this yeah. is what well, the fda is telling us now i mean look at the pioneer seed company's logo it's the little the leviathan cross that's all it is but but dummies in the world don't want to fucking see it or acknowledge it because no they wouldn't do that obviously like craziness i know so sinister so sinister yeah yeah it exists I, I, i feel so bad for the next generations yeah that's it i just feel bad for them uh, <laughs> I think they might there's a you know such a good chance they 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 might grow up not knowing what having any understanding of the kind of freedom we take for granted and saying calling what we have now freedom is maybe problematic but it's still better than it could be well well and even just like privacy you know like yes there was a point when social media was something that was just like me and a few kids I knew from school were on there and you were on there under a pseudonym and like I might tell you like oh this screen name is me so we can message later or whatever but now like it's weird if you aren't on every fucking social media and you have to have everyone you've ever met on it you can't say like oh we're co-workers I'm not going to add you to my Facebook or somehow that's fucking drama. But then like you're, it's weird that you're not sharing anything on there, but then like maybe there aren't that many details of my life that I want to share with literally every person I've ever fucking met. Like That's why I just stopped using all social media. (laughs) I I haven't touched any of that shit in years. Well, and same, but also like, it's one of those things where it's like, it's odd that there's social pressure for that. Like, it's weird that when I invite people to like a ritual weekend by sending them stuff in the mail, it's like, oh, how quaint. It's so neat that this card came in the mail telling me that you were getting together. And then I didn't know who all was going to be there because I can't look at the Facebook page to see who RSVP'd. So it's like a total fucking mystery that I just got a letter from Ray saying, hey, we're having a sweat lodge at this place at this time. And then that was all the information I had. Like, it's kind of odd to go, oh yeah, I guess I am the only person that invites you to things like that, huh? (sighs) Well, it sounds like you're a good friend to have. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, sweat lodges are great. I could actually do another one of those sometime. They we we have them of course where in this part of the, you know, in British Columbia quite accessibly and it occurs to me why not avail myself of that while it's still a possibility. You never know when we're going to go back into lockdown unfortunately. I hate that I'm even saying that. I should curse myself for even saying that. But, you know, it's it's trying to be realistic and uh you know enjoy our time as much as we have it here it's 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 so easy to think i guess uh, locked inside that you can make an impact on the world and 
certainly um magic's a, not a bad tool for for bringing about change that can't be brought about in any other way like most people can't really do anything about most things um you know most of the time it's hard enough just to change your phone plan or your bank plan or 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 you know get these days get an appointment with the doctor right in our system you can't you can't you know the what's it's it's a it's a mess right now, right? We lost a ton of the doctors during COVID who just just said enough. They just done. My 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 GP just he said enough. He went to work for a corporation. Um, I can understand why. I mean, they're you know forcing yeah. them to acknowledge things that would have gotten them a failing mark on a test in college. Right. Yeah. yeah for real. Um, yeah, I, I would say. You know, I I do feel. Like you said that uh, you felt bad for future generations. A little, and, a little well, like we got, we got the nineties in grunge. Well, see, and, and I agree, um, <laughs> but I see things as going in cycles, right? Yep, and I yep. see this movement of Pluto into Aquarius as the begin of this new cycle. And I think we've gone so far in one direction that reality has no choice but to start kicking back in the other direction because everything goes in waves, right? And so I do have hope that we will have a better time coming. I think it's just getting through probably the next couple of years will be tough because transitions always are. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I, 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 see, I see Pluto going over where uh, Jupiter and Saturn were a couple of years ago. And I see that as like, Pluto coming through and like transforming and killing stuff off and you know changing things because that's what what Pluto does you know and well, and we in the states are going into our country's Pluto returns yep, right yep like as of right it, we've been in it now for like a minute I basically yeah so um so there's a lot of that transformation type of energy coming around and because we're so tied into the rest of the world and the world's politics and all that, that it's going to probably have, you know, everybody else is probably going to be dragged into it on some level, you know, so. I just hope it's a lot more fun than 2020 was. That was a little rough. <laughs> yeah, that got weird. I think overall we lucked out because we did have like a decent group of people. And obviously we hemorrhaged about half of that group, yes. but you, me and Matt are still around and not insane. So that's, yeah, <laughs> that's yeah. cool. Yeah, it was weird. I appreciate that I got to keep my best friend and my boyfriend. Right. Yeah, no, it, it came through, you know, Saturn, Saturn's energy got bumped up by Jupiter and it just kind of, Cut a whole lot of stuff off with that scythe that Jupiter that Saturn has, and uh, then you have to regrow things, you know. But but everything needs a little pruning now and again, otherwise it gets a little wild. So I think that's how it's been going. I'm gonna run to the ladies' room. Yeah. I, why don't we why don't we take a quick bathroom break? I'll hit pause. Good deal. All right, sounds good, man. <laughs> and we're back after a brief child sacrifice to some clown god or other <laughs> <laughs> all right so you know it, it's 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 good to get to speak to two of my favorite witches and i'm i'm curious to know a few things um today 
um partly i i like i really like like how you guys have uh seem to come through this whole period in the world well and you know and not everyone has i know we all have friends who are in really really dark places um and many people just didn't come through it at all and uh i don't know i thought maybe uh there's there's you know there's a lot of people who uh seek advice and my advice is not always what they're looking for so maybe if you have any thoughts on 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 you know especially for practitioners who are still finding their their path and and stuff that's one thing um that is a really big deal i think on the spiritual journey is you know finding your path but and you know once you found it because you don't really need anyone to keep going on it along it right you know some people call that adepthood some people call it um enlightenment or self-mastery or, or whatever these things are not all the same but they're just terms usually that we we this used to describe as someone who's just on their way they're not like trying to find mm -hmm. them their their way they're on their way and and it's a beautiful thing once you're on your way because you uh you wake up excited and you're you're happy to pursue what the things you have to do and you know what those things are and you have a good idea how to how to uh deal with obstacles and also bring in new and exciting features to your your spirituality or magical practice so yeah if you have any thoughts on on the journey as it's been for you that might help some people who are who are looking for it that would be really cool um to hear your thoughts okay um well like on how to get started on the journey or like the advice i give to like beginners that show up to ritual and say oh my gosh i don't know i know i kind of want to do this stuff but i don't know what to do or like is that common do you find that happens much yeah, that's definitely something when I was doing public rituals at like, you know, magic shops and stuff like that, um, you'd get a lot of beginners that would show up. And I taught like a Wicca 101 class. Um, so I was definitely talking to a lot of beginners then. And what I would always tell those people is like, get a few books, like pick out like five books from different people who practice different traditions of magic and read all five of those. And then from those, look at the one that felt the most right to you and go to the bibliography and read those books. Um, and I always recommended that because I found that a lot of people would get into this thing where it's like, well, I the first book I picked up was a Cunningham book. And then I read every book by Cunningham. And then if that didn't quite click, then I guess magic isn't for me. And it's like, oh, no, no, that, that's one dude. Like, he's great, but he's one dude out of the thousands of fucking people and the, you know, hundreds of traditions of magic that there are and directions you could have gone. So I think you kind of got to get a sample platter first. And then once you go... I, I really like what this person's talking about. Then you can go to the bibliography of that book and see what the next books you want to read are. And you can kind of keep doing that. And that'll get you off to a real good start of narrowing in on, okay, I kind of like this area of things. And then I think once you're on a roll, you just kind of find your own way once you get started. So, um, I would say I, I would fall back to the uh, um, 
to what they used to have inscribed above the uh, inside door of the secret societies back in you know Pythagorean days and Plato and all, all that is know thyself, right? Research yourself. Give yourself some real thought. Who are you? Where did you come from? Um, who are your ancestors, right? What What is it that's in your blood? Do you have a certain thing that you're supposed to do going by the name you have? Names are very powerful, right? My last name means house by the woods, right? And that's where the the weirdo shaman lived. You know, that's the witches because they're, they're too weird to live in the village with everybody else. They got to live outside the village out by the woods someplace, right? And by the same token, my last name, Duvernay, um, means people who live in a copse of alders. And if you look into alder trees, there's a lot of mythology about them being um, like a place. One thing is where you're safe and where like the authorities can't reach you, but also being a doorway in between worlds. Yeah. So, um, yeah. My Wiccan a- wand growing up in my little coven was an alder wand. It was, you know, a piece of alder I found out in the woods and carved oh. into a little double double power termination yeah. at the end. Yeah. Sorry, go ahead. I I'd say look at yourself objectively as what as much as you can, and and killing the ego is a huge part of it. Um. You have to kind of give up and say, I don't fucking know. I just don't know. Because your brain, until you do that, is full of all this shit that it was told to you by the time you popped up, you know, from you popped out of the womb until then, right? And you don't know what's real and what's not. Not really. Have you ever been fooled before? Of course, we all have. To think that we haven't been fooled and are still being fooled by something is naive. Right. So you have to let go of everything that you thought you knew. You know, it's kind of very uh, Star Wars Yoda kind of right. You got to let it go. Um, And then, you know, in my case, I I said, hey, whatever force is out there, whatever energy, God, whatever the fuck is going on, I need some type of help here. Like, I can't figure it out. you know, what is this other side? What is this going? What the fuck's going on? And it wasn't long after I asked that question that I started having these very big, profound, like DMT experiences. Like that stuff just landed in my lap. Yeah, I mean, if all else fails, smoke a lot of DMT. You will have a spiritual experience. Yeah, um. yeah. No, <laughs> psychedelics are a huge part of it. They really are. Anybody that says they're not is, again, being naive and they're going, falling back on the old, you know, in school I was told that'll rot your brain. You know, not all drugs are the same. That kind of drug is not the same as, you know, methamphetamine. Well, and intention setting is a big difference too. You know, there's Mm -hmm. a difference between somebody who goes, oh yeah i was at a party and these guys had some dmt and i guess i'll try it because i heard it was really wild and goes into it with the intention of it's just gonna be fun that's where you get a situation where people you know where the drugs tell them something about themselves and they go no i'm not i don't need to do that 
this is just supposed to be for fun and their shit gets fucked up. But if you go into it with the intention of, okay, I'm trying to talk to something bigger and holier than myself, or, you know, maybe even a part of myself, my truest, deepest divine self, and get guidance on what I'm supposed to be doing here, you're probably going to have a little bit more success. And of course, the essential part of that is then when you get that message, you do have to listen and follow through with the message. You know, when the acid told me I needed to lose weight, I had to go lose weight. I, you know. Yeah. Well, <laughs> I, I think whether or not you have the intent of cracking that door when you do these things, especially DMT, you're cracking the door anyway. Yeah. And it's your choice whether or not you're listening to the voice that comes through that door because that's your subconscious. You're reaching mm -hmm. into your own deep, deep self there. And that's where, you know, in, in ancient myths, you know, you, you piss off the gods, the gods going to fuck your shit up. Right. So if you go and you just, you know, you, you open the door of the subconscious and go, Hey, what's going on in here? And he says, Hey, you need to do this fucking thing. And you're like, okay, well, I'm going to do that fucking thing things tend to work out pretty well, right? But if you're like, well, that's a weird experience I had. I don't know what the hell that was about. And you just keep getting shit-based and, you know, right. don't don't enact any kind of discipline or don't listen, I guess, to right. what... Doing the thing sounds like hard work. I'm not going to do that. Fuck you. Right. <laughs> then you're going to go off the goddamn rails. You know, it's a story as old as time. You start playing with the shit, people go off the rails. And it, it's really a matter of, are you taking it seriously? Are you doing the work that you need to do? Um, I've seen a lot of people, you know, and I'm not trying to like, you know, dissuade anyone from drinking alcohol, but also that's one of the ones that I've seen throw people off the most. Um, and, and, you know, I, so I, I haven't drank anything in a few years, you know, I was never really a big drinker before that, but I mean, I haven't had anything. Um, well, and it's possible to drink responsibly, sure. but if you're trying to get, you know, if if every weekend evening starts with, let's get fucked up, it makes it real hard to do the work. Yeah, yeah, you and I, I tend, I, I see it, it makes things, I don't know, for a lot of people anyway, disorganized, you know, and you need the focus to do the thing. You know, once you get the real job that you're supposed to be doing, you kind of have to look at it objectively as much as you can and go, okay, what's helping me get this done? What's not helping me get this done? You know, and if this is not helping me, then I should probably either eliminate it or at least really rein that shit in. Aside in, you know, certain tightly controlled moments or whatever, you know, um, because it, at least in my experience, getting your big mission, you know, you know, the, the talking to the holy guardian angel or whatever you want to call it, um, getting put on your great path, it takes all of your focus, at least mm -hmm. for me, you know, and maybe, maybe I'm a dummy, you know, maybe I'm working with a Pentium processor, everybody's since moved on to Giga Pentiums or whatever, but, <laughs> but Giga yeah, whatever the fuck it is, I'm not a tech guy, I don't get it. So, you know, it, it takes everything you have. And if you think it's not gonna, then 
yeah. it's not for you you know at least not yet right um and and it's there it there's a part of like trusting the universe and trusting that you're doing the thing you know it's like i got fired from my this big you know career job that i had like five years ago and it was shortly after i started figuring all this stuff out you know and you know i had been a few years into figuring it out but like this is a big subject so you're not gonna really figure it all out you know right at first and nor will i probably ever but um you know it, it's like okay well you're taking this seriously you're doing the thing you're really dedicating a whole lot of your time to opening these doors and figuring this stuff out well now this big job that's occupied so much of your time and attention well that's gone and I could have looked at it as like, oh, my God, what am I going to do now? But I was just like, well, this is just a sign that I'm doing the right thing. So I'm just going to. Yeah, I remember texting with you the day that it happened. And I was like, hey, how are you doing? And you were like, I just got fired from my job. And I was like, oh, my God, are you OK? Like, do you need anything? Are you going to be all right? And you're like, I'm great. This is wonderful news. Yeah. Wow. Okay. Yeah. I, I was <laughs> like, in stride. Yeah, I'd done a tarot reading earlier that week, uh, and it basically laid it out for me. So when the two guys showed up in my office, uh, and like, you know, uh, it's come, it, it's time to part ways. I was like, "All right, let's do it. Get me the hell out of here. Give me my severance check, and we are done. I will never see the, the inside of this office again, and I couldn't be happier." Um, and... <laughs> that's great yeah. yeah um yeah and since then i've yeah i i haven't you know screwed up or you know screwed off i guess and i've held up my end of the deal and do my work at getting these cards done and like i've got my little chair over here that is off camera where it's like at my computer desk um and my my drawing is right to the left of that and I just, I, I can't sit at my desk without having my drawing of whatever tarot card I'm currently on staring right back at me. Like it it's demands attention all the time. Even if it's in the periphery, it's there, you yeah. know? And so I always, always work on it or at least have my wheels turning on it. Yeah. Well, yeah even when we're at the gym, it's like, like, I'll be doing my set and while you're spotting me, it's like, so I was thinking that I might include this mythology or this symbolism or, mm -hmm. you know, I know I just started on this card, but I was thinking on the next card, it might be cool. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it, it, it involves all of your attention pretty much, you know, like I, I don't do a whole lot else. I, I once, maybe once a month, I'll sit down and play a video game for a couple hours just as kind of like I have to force myself to do something other than staring at this piece of paper for a minute or I'm going to go insane. <laughs> yeah. It's uh, it's, yeah, it's a shame that we can't, uh, it's amazing that you were able to, to deal with that transition. So, so well, I mean, it's a, can, it's a scary thing, of course, to go through any transition in life, let alone one that has, you know, gives you a steady paycheck um so oh yeah it's, it's uh, yeah. incredible that you uh that you hit that so well and just kept going and and leaned into the the momentum of the of the experience i i i mean what else can we do right except yeah. 
Yeah. Well, I mean, I, I'd spent 16 years working there and, you know, I did other things, you know, I've been in bands and all this stuff, but yeah. you know, it's like at the end of the day, do I want to be 80, 90 years old looking back at my life and go, well, I sure did work a lot of hours or, you know, Hey, I, I actually like had this opportunity to do this thing and maybe it seems crazy, but also, you know what? the world's crazy and i've had a bunch of crazy experiences i mean it's just how we are here you know and that's I, fine I accept that we're crazy it's fine yeah it's um, the same thing as like with my training schedule there's a ton of people that will be like i don't understand how you do that or like want to like talk me out of it in some weird way but like mm, fuck you i pray 80 times a day i <laughs> i lift weights on saturday or sundays and wednesdays i box on saturdays i do yoga on tuesdays and thursdays and i do jujitsu on mondays and fridays that's what it fucking is and then on the weekend i volunteer as a sane supportive um and like i don't know that's what the angel's telling me to do does it sound like a lot of work yeah i guess but it's what we're gonna fucking do i don't <laughs> yeah like when you have these experiences where you have this like message coming in like you need to to do this like this is a thing you know you, you open the door you got the big you know the big command you, you need to do this and you're like well okay all right cool let's let's do it we'll, we'll do it you know, we'll have as good a time as we can at it and we're just gonna trust that that it's everything's gonna work out um so far it has you know <laughs> beautiful it, it, i was thinking i've recently about the the big regrets people say they have when they die right like uh, uh they wish they'd worked less but then the interesting one i mean that's obvious you'd think that would be obvious it should be obvious but um but you know who knows um the, the interesting one is is where they wish that they commonly wish they had let themselves be more ha be happier and that's such an interesting one, not just because of the phrasing, but yeah, what does it, the idea that that it's not that they needed something they didn't have, it's just that they had disallowed themselves from experiencing something that wasn't dependent on any external factors, really. Right? Yeah. Yeah. I think a lot of people be more happy. Yeah. I think a lot of that is ego death. You have to hit a point in your life where you let go of expectations um, because when you have expectations, what's going to happen? They're going to be, you're going to be disappointed, you know? And so let it go, learn to look outside and see a tree and go, wow, that's a fractal of the, the golden ratio playing itself out thousands of times over itself. What does it mean? Right. Uh, you know, think about these things. Like the, the world is full of fun, interesting mind-blowing things that you can easily spend you know your life thinking about or learning or you can get all pissed off because something didn't meet your expectations that day you know and yeah and there's a time and a place for anger you know i mean we have that emotion for a reason you know We're fueling prs right yeah yeah <laughs> like ang anger is an incredible energy but to let yourself dwell in that all the time, you're going to burn yourself out and your body's going to suffer and you're going to get high blood pressure. You're going to kick it, right? You're not going to have an enjoyable experience. 
you have to like know when it's appropriate you know it's like when you're splashing red on a picture you know you don't want the entire picture to be red it is ah right but you know you, you do it here and there to draw the eye and bring attention to and and you know accentuate things yeah that's interesting yeah i uh huh yeah i hope i hope people can can be happier and can let themselves enjoy life the the, the real the, the the crisis for me i think was age 12 like i just couldn't see the meaning in life at all anymore what's the point of this right mm -hmm. the, the parents divorce and the new stepmom was so it was a mess life went from paradisial to abusive um and what's the point of it all? And and the only thing that I came up with at the time that sort of saved me was was the idea that we just have to make our own meaning and and that's it. And so, well, there at least I can fabricate that. Um, let me put work yeah. into that, and and that led to the spiritual experiences that transformed and transfigured my life. Um, interestingly enough, I mean, maybe I was lucky, but I don't know. I think you know if you create the right environment, uh, an environment of, 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 of hope and intention and, and like desire for beauty, right? Maybe you can't see the beauty in the world, but you could, you could definitely generate desire for it. You could go see yourself as a treasure hunter looking for beauty. And if all you find is garbage, well documented, then that's sort of cool. I mean, Hey, <laughs> garbage has and, its place. And maybe eventually it'll become something else in the process, right? I don't know. I looking around the the downtown east side here in Vancouver, it's just become it was always a nightmare. And now I don't know. If it was a nightmare before, I don't know what you would call it now. There's like no words to describe it. But oh, oh things are weird here too. Yeah. Um, just in my own neighborhood. Like last year we had to call the the cops on a couple just random schizoided out walking around in the middle of the street people like just you know it, it's kind of like a george romero film come to life you know yeah. you, you, um the thing and, that's gotten weird is we used to have those sort of people but now it's a mixture of half and half it's like half of the people now are like working two jobs but living in tents because oh. foreign powers have manipulated our our housing market in canada to the extent that there's not only nowhere to go, um, but there's no way to afford it, even if you have two jobs for a lot of people. I'm, like we're, we're building 200,000 houses a year, but letting in half a million new people a year. And it's like, I'm all for filling up Canada. We got tons of empty space. It would be great to have more cities, but like the math doesn't work out. And as a result, like people are just living on the streets and it's crazy. Um, I mean, you know, eventually I'll probably go to some country where where rent's cheaper or a city where rent's cheaper for sure like east coast of canada you can get still get a house for uh you know hundreds a month for just hundreds like oh wow yeah rent oh, a awesome. big house for yeah i mean yeah you're not in a trendy city or anything you might be in the sticks of it but you know right. um but like when i was on the sticks i lived on lakefront property for 400 a month so you know exactly <laughs> There are yeah. benefits. <laughs> yeah. And cities are fun. You know, like I live in the middle of a, you know, small-ish city, you know. Um, they're fun, but also, you know, like 
there's a certain peace and ability to, you know, focus yourself on yourself and work on yourself out in the sticks too. And if that's the way things are seem to be directing you, then like, by all means, you know, I've, I'd kind of like to get out of the city currently just because the way it is, you know, like it was a whole lot of fun up until the three years ago and then everything is just went bonkers. Right. Well, for the longest time, even when I like lived kind of in the sticks, it was like, I was coming up here every weekend so that we could go do cool shit, you know? Um, And then COVID happened and all the cool shit kind of stopped. And then it was like, oh, the cool shit was our friendship all along. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I guess the tr- the the reason people can't just leave the cities is, of course, work. They're here for the jobs, but the jobs don't even give them enough to live, and and so we're sort of trapped, um, to a large extent. I I personally want to spend the rest of my life where I can see as many stars as possible, but there's definitely a need for more more communities. In I don't know. I hope that's. I hope people keep building new communities out and out in nature and and that sort of thing. It's definitely not easy. Um, having tried to experience a few of them myself, you can see the struggles and a lot of people actually aren't like, aren't cut out for it. Um, You know, for, for just the isolation and stuff, the amount of people that do turn to like crazy amounts of drug use is, is, is pretty intense. Um, You know, so. Yeah. 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 The world's weird. (laughs) It's a weird one, but uh, you know, over the next year, Pluto dance and in and out of uh, Aquarius. Because um, we go into the last degree. It's going to be of- wild. Hmm? It's going to be wild the next couple of oh, years. Yeah. It's going to oh, be yeah. fucking crazy. Yeah. Um, well, we go into the last degree of Capricorn on fe- uh, February 11th. Um, and typically it's that last degree where things get kind of crazy. You know, it's like the, the build-up climax before it shifts gears, kind of. So I would expect sometime around Valentine's Day this year for things to start getting, you know, for whatever we're going to have to deal with to kind of start rearing its head a mm-hmm. bit. And then we'll cross over, then cross back, then cross over again over like the next, you know, year, year and a half, whatever it is. Um, so, yeah, yeah, I think it's going to be a bumpy ride. But I think if, you know, if people you know, work on themselves, you know, use the opportunity to learn to appreciate, you know, things that are out there and, you know, maybe unplug from the matrix a little bit um, if they can. Uh, I think that there's a whole lot of opportunity for people to benefit themselves, you know, and have a good time over it, even if it is going to be a little hectic at times. Just the decision to work on yourself makes such a world a fucking difference it does that it's once that becomes your biggest priority it's kind of like how do people live that aren't trying to do that like i don't yeah yeah i mean it's it's focusing on the the proper things you know like the world's full of temptations and drama and nonsense to get into or or you can kind of try and find a a deeper higher truth i suppose you know yeah yeah it will remain a good time for magic as the world is in chaos and uh more subtle susceptible to subtle 
uh, pokes and prods and shifts. That's and, a very good point. Yeah. It's, yeah. it's kind of exciting time for magicians, though I don't like to sound too gleeful. <laughs> no, no, I, I think you're right. I think you're right. In in chaos, there's opportunity, you know. Um, Is that a Game of Thrones quote? No, you wouldn't have watched Game of Thrones. That's television. Never mind. Go on. Yeah, you don't strike me as a big TV watcher, Gabriel. It's not. No. no. I no. haven't watched TV in years and years. I, I don't know. Um, Earlier on, I was about to ask you if you had seen this show or something or other, and so, and a voice in my brain was just like, "No, cop on this. This guy, no, no. <laughs> no I tune in. The, you know he doesn't watch that shit. It's like." <laughs> Yeah, I mean, I'll I'll uh, I'll have stuff playing sometimes on on my computer while I'm drawing, like you know. But that's more of things like you know, esoteric things or like body language analysis stuff or serial killer things. You know, I watch movies sometimes, but not super often. Maybe once every couple months, I might watch a, a movie. I love cinema. I love the art form of it. It's just yeah. I'm so wrapped up in my own my own journey that, that there's not much ex you know much time left for those types of things you know for a minute there it was like in the winter we do movie nights if we weren't doing a ritual that weekend but this winter has been mild enough that yeah. it's been like well we could actually go for a walk so yeah let's do that instead yeah we we do a good amount of walking up here when the weather allows it's you know yeah lovely yeah we do that here. It's been a very mild winter up here as well, which uh, I was yeah. expecting. You know, it seems to be that way. Like we had a mild summer, then we have a mild winter, then we have a really hot summer and a really cold winter. It's, it's always seemed to be that way to me. But what do I know? Well, what's interesting is the rapid movement of the magnetic North Pole right now. Um, oh, yeah? It's, it, you know, it's it used to move just a tiny little bit. You know, the in the time that they've been charting it, I want to say it was back like 1800s, maybe before that. Um, but over time, it's gotten exponentially faster. And so like it's it's to a point now where they have to like, you know, several airports have had to redo their runways and stuff because they have to have their runways pointing to magnetic north because, you know, for flights and, and all that. Uh, so they've had to recalibrate those types of things. Crazy. And well, and it ties back into stuff that Blavatsky was saying, you know, because we're reading through the secret doctrine right now. And she's talking about these past ages where, you know, the sun would rise in the West, you know, according to these you know, ancient uh, writings and teachings and carvings and, and all this stuff. Um, and, and how these, you know, it occasionally happens where there's a big, or basically a pole flip. She doesn't call it that. That terminology wasn't there really when she was writing this. Um, but it's what we would know now as like a pole flip. And uh, with the magnetic North Pole moving so much currently, you know, it, and the, everything getting warmer and then this age of Aquarius thing, I mean, you know, things are things are lining up whether or not it's, you know it's going to amount to that who can say, you know some people will say they can say but i i, I can't say okay so here's a question mm -hmm. let's assume the pull flip happens right sure um so when a pull flip happens like the 
magnetic north kind of becomes where south was, right? And vice versa. From what I understand. How yeah. does that affect ceremonial magic? Do we Ooh. reverse all our shit? Is that what we're supposed to do? Or do we go, nope, that's still north esoterically? Like, how does that? Huh. I don't well, know. Isn't it the same well, question? For that if we think that's likely to happen in our lifetimes. Right. Then I got to change all my curtains. I decorated my house around the directions. So like it's green when you're looking north and it's red when you're looking south and all that. So it's easier to do ritual in my living room because you know what direction you're facing. I'd have to redo a fucking everything. Is it sort of the same that. question as how would you do the directions just in the southern hemisphere? Maybe. Well, I don't know. Well, I, that's a, it's a very good question because, you know, the, the reason, you know, we do things, you know, air and east and all that, it's because the sun rises there. It's how we but I think people in the Southern hemisphere still have North as North and South as South. Um, and I think they still have like mm. earth in the North and air in the East and so on. Their uh, Sabbaths are reversed. But I don't know. I haven't talked to a lot of magicians in the Southern Hemisphere, I guess. You probably more likely to have than I have. Yeah, I mean, I know that they, they changed the, the, the holy days and stuff and that sort of thing. And, the you know, the solstices sure. are reversed. Um, right. But, yeah, I haven't talked to any, like, uh, you know, grimoirists who are focused on the direction the spirit comes from in that hemisphere and yeah, that'll be that should be maybe interesting to inquire about. I'm sure I'll get uh, people telling me what's what after we release this. Um, right, right. Yeah. Next time down. you talk to a magician in Australia or something, ask them. Right. Yeah, I'm sure they'll speak but, up after this. That would be. I, I would be curious to see how we go about that though in a pole flip kind of way. God, huh? That's gonna puzzle me for a while now. I'm gonna have to think on that. Yeah, I, I guess I was never sure if that's actually something that can or will happen um i mean according to ancient writings yes but, yeah. but well, and according I mean, to the scientists now too there was just a guy on joe rogan the other day i think that was talking about that they think a pole flip is coming yeah um he was also talking about how he thinks that the remains of atlantis are in africa that was kind of cool I've I've heard that that they're off the coast of Africa. Somewhere. Well, that's that's yeah. The the what's it called? The shape in the in the Sahara has always been very much a yes. lead contender. I mean, I, yeah. Uh, it's cool that there's new evidence. I remember being I was of course obsessed with this, like many others in the in the you know mid '90s and stuff like that. Just all about Atlantis and Lemuria and. And then eventually I found out there wasn't much rock solid scientific evidence and that I was maybe reading too much Rudolf Steiner and Blavatsky. Um, <laughs> but, but sure enough, like, you know, I also never believed in aliens or, or UFOs, really. And uh, not until like your government was like, yo, they're real. And that's like, oh, maybe I'll take a look at this again, seriously. And hearing mm -hmm. new evidence that that, that that guy was talking about for uh Atlantis, which it just seems, you know, it's always so far-fetched, but you can't discard this stuff, especially um, when we already have archaeological evidence uh, proving the, the methodology of taking ancient sources seriously. That's how we found Troy. That's how we found yeah. Troy. This guy's right. like, what if it's exactly where they said it was? Hmm? Right. 
I said, which they thought was a legend at that time as well. They Troy thought it didn't exist. At one point in the same category as Atlantis, where people were like, that's not a real thing. Absolutely. That's like a literary figure. Right. Yeah. I mean, I think a lot of what this institute or you know, establishment of science has been is to guide people's thinking on things rather than actually discover truths. Um, so you can say that again. Right. Yeah. And so I don't put a whole lot of stock in in the, the priests of of the neo whatever the fuck it is. They've that we raised so much of their credibility in the last three years. <laughs> well, right. And I think it's showing or, you know, like that the mechanism of the universe is trying to show people, hey, you've put your faith in a false set of teachings. And the only way you're going to acknowledge this is if we rub your fucking face in it till you go oh my god what the fuck you know so uh, yeah I, I think there's a whole lot of people that were, are just like handcuffed to this like idea that science is infallible rather than just a tool for figuring out truths you know um yeah the switch from the scientific method to trust the science overnight yeah. it's oh yeah it's, oh, it's yeah. we finally everyone who had doubts as to how you know the world wars happened or or fascism happened everyone had doubts about like how but how did it really just happen it's like oh yeah we all know now it's like so easy so easy at one minute you're just putting people in the racial groups next minute crystal knock it's like oh yeah and and does anyone say anything fucking no one will say anything right well right and and now we've like made it such a, a a science for lack of a better word um with like if you you know you look at how edward bernays was able to go in and basically figure out how to hypnotize the masses on a large scale you know he he became a way for basically just to like say say hey 90 percent of society we can dictate how you're going to believe or behave it, it, it's wild. I don't know if you're familiar with with Edward Bernays at all. No, who is he? Uh, he was the uh, nephew, I believe, of uh, Sigmund Freud. No, really? Yeah, I'll tell you more. Okay, so there's a, a really good documentary uh, that the BBC aired years ago called uh, Century of the Self. And it's a four-parter. The first two, three parts are like the best, I think. But anyway... Uh, it's on YouTube. You can find it. But Edward Bernays was able to go in and basically figure out how the human psyche works, especially in crowds, and how to manipulate it. And his teachings and methodology have been adopted by every marketing and advertising agency ever since. And <laughs> so they're able to... Well, and also like military propaganda. Yeah, yeah, but but they've been able to like propagandize and and uh, you know advertising and, and everything into a very like scientific. You know, like it's a science, it's an art. They 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 perfected it almost. Um, and and yeah, so the and, and I find that like watching you know TV and stuff, you know, you're, you're kind of just opening yourself up to a lot of this propagandizing and mind control um so if you are gonna watch it like watch it with 
open eyes and paying attention to like, what are the messages that they're sneaking into this story and why are they there? Yeah. Um, yeah, there, there's a whole lot. Uh, there's, a, there's a couple old books that kind of like uh, blew the whistle on some of this stuff for lack of a better term. Um, I've got cool. one over here. Yeah, I'll be right back. Yeah, yeah, no, I'm definitely gonna check out those uh, documentaries. I, it's, I'm surprised that I missed it, but the, you know, they sounds like something I would have seen, but I guess not. It's very cool. There's always a more, and certainly the the machinations behind how marketing works has always been very, very interesting and and uh, sort of scary, of course. Yeah, <laughs> like, yeah Edward Bernays is an interesting one, um, for sure. And some of it's just like very obvious things where it's like he would maybe interview 10 doctors and say, which of these things is a healthier breakfast? And it's like bacon or broken glass. And they're all like, well, yeah, the bacon. Well, now you can say 10 out of 10 doctors say that bacon is a healthy breakfast. Right. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. Well, yeah, like, never believe uh, a survey because who funded it? How are the questions asked? Oh, yeah, it's all nonsense. Uh, what's, the, yeah. what's, the, what's the saying? Uh, uh, there's there's lies, damn lies, and statistics. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yep, exactly. Um, this book, uh, Subliminal Seduction. Subliminal Seduction. You had me at subliminal. All right. Uh, it's, it's a paperback. It's only, you know, like, two, 300 pages long, but um, it's very good. And it shows, and this is back in the seventies, it was written and they were uber advanced at that point in the seventies. And that's 50 years ago, you know? So imagine how much more high tech and finely crafted their, their methodologies have become, but uh, it's a very good book. And it, you know, it has a whole lot of pictures that illustrate like, you know, he's like, well, they, they sneak this subliminal in here and, and for this reason, and here it is, and I'll show you how, how they did it. Uh, you know, it, it, it's wild. It really I mean, is. It's hard not to think of memes and memetics, right? Uh, of course. These days. Yeah. Especially when we found out that the majority of like all these FBI agents on Twitter, the accounts they were targeting were actually small accounts that just made memes and jokes. Yeah. Um, and and like that's where eighty percent of their focus was. It wasn't on large accounts who are like you know quoting contrary information on whatever doctors, elections, all this stuff that we shouldn't probably talk about anymore. Uh, <laughs> right. Um, and it was on these people just making jokes and mocking things. Well, yeah, very well, effectively. Yeah. So that was like, oh shit, they know what's up. They really knew what's up, and. Uh, and uh yeah memes yeah. and memetics a chaos magic buddy of mine wrote a book called the art of memetics it's on amazon his name is edward wilson cool dude here in town he's a drug counselor and little chaos he was he was part of the chaos magic scene here back when jason lube was in it up here and uh yeah some fun stories from those times uh yeah memes are powerful and have been a really remarkable way of taking uh advertising and marketing theory into popular culture in a way that who would have predicted i mean you i think some people definitely did predict it but 
now that people can make graphics so easily and like with the deep fakes and with uh with the ai the ai stuff did you see there's some artists suing some of those ai art companies um because they i guess the way they programmed these ais is they like scraped the internet for art that they could teach the computer off of so now these artists are finding that people are getting an ai painting that's definitely supposed to be their fucking painting like it's it looks like they painted it ripped off my art anyone who didn't know could not be convinced that i didn't do this commission piece for you wow and they've been able to prove somehow or another that like oh yeah no it is specifically because the computer used your artwork specifically to learn from um so there's a group of artists that are suing and saying it's a copyright infringement so it'd be fascinating to see how that goes because you know there there's no precedent right yeah no that's a weird one it makes me think of it of course as a musician and sort of worry about like the future of music like we're we're looking at imminently perhaps having music taken over by ai well i mean yeah i mean look at it i think autotune was a stepping stone to that you know it's like well let's let's make music mostly synthetic already that way when it goes full synthetic nobody will really be able to tell a difference well and it's like somebody made the point and probably a lot of people have made this point um but i saw someone said something along the lines of like we're doing this all wrong why would you want your art to all be made by AI? The AI should be doing redundant tasks so that people can be free to make art. Well, well, you would think that. Like, you would you would think that, but you know, we've got the Terminator out there dictating our reality, so you know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, he said he'd be back, and he is. <laughs> I mean, it's Frankenstein's monster all over again. You know, it's like, oh, I created this thing, and now this thing's fucking me up. Oh no! <laughs> yeah, we're we're it's 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 amazing how head how eagerly we're headlong plummeting into uh, AI and robots and computer technology, despite all the art we've created to warn ourselves against it. Uh, we we watched we were watching the Orville, and you know, just to see this race of robots that he that was built by you know organic beings and they're like we got to eradicate all organic life in the universe because that's the only way to preserve ourselves it's like you can see a machine thinking that and uh yeah yeah. right the simulation the actual simulation theory has always been possible of course it's as a theory but it did seem to way less likely a few years ago than even now Whereas like you're already seeing how machines could construct a reality that we might not be able to tell the difference from and therefore yeah. far enough in the future. Yeah, here we go. This is a, this is a mathematical, uh, again, like, you know, that's the thing. Mathematically, it's very unlikely we're not in a simulation. Though I don't think we're in a simulation unless you consider it sort of the, in the sense of the, you know, divine, spiritual, cosmic, natural simulation of being, uh, you know, nature as uh so vast and complicated we can't begin to fathom the actual 
time or something. Well, substance yeah, I mean, of our reality. We still don't even know what matter is, right? Like so. Well, well, that's kind of the thing that I take as far as our our universe being a simulation is, you know, when we take and we look at atoms, right? And you go further and there's, you know, quarks and there, you, know, you can we can never find the, the thing, right? It's always a spinning thing inside another fucking thing, right? So at the end of the day, it's nothing spinning on nothing, spinning on nothing, spinning on nothing, which would be what? An illusion, which is what exists in it in your computer, this world that exists in your computer. Right? Yeah. It, it's an electronic illusion. And that's okay. Yeah. You know, yeah, I, I'm okay with living in GTA world. It's all right, whatever. Here we are. You know, I, I can fight it or I can try and level up, right? <laughs> Isn't that called Chicago now? Yeah, well, I mean, yeah, I haven't been to Chicago in a few years. I don't know. But... Maybe it's not Chicago. I just, uh, y'all got some crazy cities, cityscapes going on in the States. Like, like, yeah, our countries are similar, but also not. Oh, no, you guys are way nicer up there. Like... Yeah, we don't have the crazy gun violence, which is, it's nice. Right, yeah. No, I, it's interesting. I've been to Canada a bunch of times, and, like, it... it it's a very marked change just in everybody's demeanor and like it's very strange how that works but it it, it does exist you guys are far nicer we're far more i don't know likely to put up billboards and be pissed off about it you know <laughs> well you you feel a bit safer speaking out oh yeah yeah Whereas we don't have the legal right to speak out and say what we think here yeah yeah that's a difference Okay. Like, they'll take uh, you before a tribunal and you'll get fined or jailed. Oh, that's wild. Yeah. So you're not really nicer. You're just afraid to be mean. It's like the argument of like, did divorce, like, is divorce being more common a horrible thing or does it mean people are leaving abusive relationships? <laughs> like, <laughs> was right. it better when grandma had to stay with grandpa because she had no other choice? Maybe not. <laughs> right. Yeah. Yeah. Fair point. Very fair point. Yeah, it's a, it's a, it's a tricky thing up here with uh with uh with our our rights and freedoms on the line. But you know, we have you know, fortunately, we have opposition parties like you guys. So you know, we'll vote for a change. We don't really want the conservatives in power, but the 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 other options are just too shitty for words. So. We'll vote yeah. for a change and we'll get that change. In. And and if the change does what we want, then actually it could be a good change. You know, of course, every other time in the past, it's just been like, okay, we're in power now, tricked you. Right. It's a different type of shitty so that you vote for the yeah. change again back to the last one. And then we can just maintain this cycle, pretending that we, the people, have control of things. Yeah. Yeah, I, I remember when I was a kid, the party that we've always voted NDP, sort of, you know, I have my family, which is like our sort of left wing socialist party. And um, mainly because, you know, they do things for for poor people and no one else does. The other parties literally don't vocally don't care about poor people. So we've always voted for that. But the one yeah. time they got in power when I was like nine, first thing they did was just jack like double our taxes. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And, and so it's like, <laughs> What? um yeah that's the thing that, is, because that mostly hurts the poor people right like, yeah, of course yeah no, millionaire it, you don't really care so you don't you know it doesn't hurt you as much if you even have to pay them as a millionaire right right 
Yeah. Yeah, people people need to stop with the the looking up at political figures as either friends and or professional athletes because they, you know, are rock stars. You know, it's like these people are supposed to like leave you the hell alone and maybe show up once in a while to say, hey, should we like not let ourselves get attacked from these people over here? Or should we like, you know, make sure that these corporations aren't screwing over the populace? Okay. Right. Like they're supposed to work for us in theory. Right. But instead it's it's this other exact opposite thing and everybody always falls for it. Everybody's got a team. Everybody's like, oh, my team's going to win and then everything's going to be cool. And then that team gets in and everything sucks. And then the other team is, other side's like, well, my team though, when we get in, shit's going to be cool. And then that team gets in and it all fucking sucks. Well, and even when your team's in and you don't like something, somehow it's the fault of the other team. Well, they they did a whatever in Congress and they wouldn't cooperate with the very correct, always right people that I voted for. Right. Yeah. <laughs> and it, it's a trick and people fall for it. Like they're not your friends. They're not your yeah. buddies. You've never even been in the same goddamn room as them. Most likely you don't know them. Right. You know well, what I mean, their publicist wants you to know. How many them. people have you known in real life that you thought you really fucking knew and then they turned out to be a piece of shit. Right. But I trust this guy I've never met with my life. Yeah. Like, or, or the lives of my children. Let's send them off to die in some weird ass war for who knows what. Half the world away. Great. Like what? It's not nonsense. We might be cynics. Well, I think it's just a, you know, you look <laughs> at the history of what the government you does. You guys don't sound cynical to me, no. Yeah, right. <laughs> no, I, I mean. I, Cynicism sound is is much darker. I think cynicism is you can't laugh about these things. You know, cynicism is wouldn't even want to talk about this stuff because it's right. it's the point. That's what I found yeah. with people who are more cynical is they don't even want to talk about it because they're like, what's the point? And uh, it's like, well, there's a lot of points actually, and 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 historically, um, you know, we have a really good chance of. Of winning. I mean, the fact that we're talking about it is proof that we, you know, can uh, can get through this. And uh, mm -hmm. yeah, I mean, evil evil powers have tried to destroy the world just in the last hundred years, and they lost. They fucking lost. Um, yeah, you know the. I remember when the when the Berlin Wall came down, and I was in like grade nine and the teacher told us and we didn't really understand or care what that meant, but we listened to him anyway. And then we went out to the playground and threw rocks at each other, of course. And, uh, you know, and then just in 2019, I was my, I'm, I'm hanging out with this buddy of mine there in Berlin. It's a uh, editor for this filmographer for some band, uh, what's it called Metallica. And he was showing me around some cool spots cause he'd been in, in Berlin a lot and, you know, he would move from a commune outside of Berlin to a commune in Oregon, of course. And that was his life. And we're walking and I'm walking and he's like, you see what we're walking on? And I'm like, no, I thought we were just walking down the street, you know, with a with a with a drink. And and he's like, look, and it's, there's this marking. I'm like, holy shit, we're literally walking down the Berlin Wall in the on the road. Like there's a marking on the road. So you can we're walking on the wall like, you know, there's chunks of the wall still left standing, of course. But I was like. This is actually far out. This is far yeah. out. Oh yeah, that's wild. Yeah, we can't. We how easily we and quickly we forget uh, how much worse things were. So that's a, a cause for optimism, I think. Yeah. 
yeah yeah like yeah i i'm very optimistic about things you know it's just uh like i said getting through the next year couple of years you know um there's also the big um solar eclipse coming uh in a little over a year april 8th of 2024 so that should be interesting um they you know big solar eclipses like that are typically emblematic or a forewarning of you know dark times or yeah you went to the one that wasn't that long ago what 2017 maybe yeah yeah and and that's what's interesting about it that one was in 2017 and this next one's in 2024 so there's a seven-year gap there and you've got the seven years of tribulation uh you know in in the bible and you know if you look outside we've been through some shit the last you know six years so far you know um Oh, so, things have been super weird since 2017. Like there was that, there was this whole weird. So the amount of people that felt like this crazy shift between 2016 and 2017, like the amount of people I know, even people I wouldn't expect to say something far out like this, like real down to earth uh, guys were like, oh yeah, we've, we switched timelines. I was like, what? <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah. <laughs> Not you too. And he's like, yeah, yeah, you can tell. Don't you feel it? It's like. I, I've heard people say this, but you're taking it for like granted. And he's like, yeah, <laughs> it was crazy to oh, see yeah. how many people notice this thing. And it has been a very crazy seven, six, seven years. Yeah. Yeah. So I think that this, uh, this eclipse will kind of be like, you know, the bookend, you know, of it, you know, these seven years. And then hopefully we skip to a, a better timeline, you know, when, when we have that little window. So, um, that's what I'm hoping for. <laughs> I'll be, going to the the path of totality and i recommend anybody who's listening to this if you have the means whatsoever get in the path of totality for this thing it's cutting talked about doing that oh yeah we should probably actually start planning if we're actually gonna yeah it's cutting down from like new england somewhere i want to say uh all the way down to like texas at least here in the states it's it's running like okay it runs at a diagonal so we won't have to yeah, we go anywhere ridiculously far if we wanted to do that. Yeah. Um, but so I'd we, have to like uh get over to more easterly states or Texas or something. You would, yeah. yeah. But it, it's one of the, it's the most amazing natural phenomena you can experience. I, I was I, I went down and got in the middle of it for the one in 2017, and I didn't realize what I was really in for. We went down there, I went down with a, a friend of mine. It was a drummer of mine at the time. And um, we go down and his dad is big into astronomy and stuff. So his dad met us down there. We, we drove all the way down to Kentucky. And before this thing hits, I eat a couple of hits of acid, you know? So I'm like, you know, in, in for it. I'm like, this is going to be awesome, right? And we're waiting for it. And, you know, the, the eclipse starts and there's a, you know, a big group of, you know, a big field of people kind of. And uh, the eclipse starts and it gets to a point where, you know, it's, it's total. And our, my friend Casey, his dad was like, all right, now take off your glasses. You can take them off now and look up and you look up and it's this black hole in the sky with flames coming out from it. It is. Yeah. You drew a picture. Right. And, and, <laughs> and so when I drew my fool card for the zero up top, I used what I saw at the eclipse. 
wash away the rain. Yeah. Um, yeah, uh, yeah, that's what that's about. Yeah. And you can find there's a a tool song. I, I can't remember which one or a tool video where it starts up and uh, it's an animated sequence and it has that in the sky, this black hole with flames coming out. And I didn't realize that's what they were showing at that point. Excuse me. Um, the cat adventures. All right. Um, <laughs> I didn't realize what that was at that point. And then like, I see this thing in the sky and it's just like, you could hear the entire crowd of people just gasp all at once. Everybody's like, oh my God, what is that? And it was, yeah, it was wild. Like it was, it changed, it changed my life. And, and I could see uh, someone viewing that and saying, okay, like uh, say the beginning part of Genesis, you know, uh, you know, it was everything was dark and void, right? And then there's this, you know, God says, let there be light and and, and there it comes. And while you're watching this, you know, this void, this black nothing, uh, as soon as totality ends, you see this like sliver of light. And if you look out of the corner of your eye, you can see the shadow, like fast track across the landscape towards you, like in, in an instant, it's the weirdest thing. Um, but it's like this pure shaft of light. And you could see that being like, all right, so this is the beginning and here's the you know, said, let there be light. And then everything just shape changes. And it was, uh, it was oh, man, I have to see one of these someday. I mean, it sounds from what you're saying that, that despite what we may think there, there's just no way to understand what the experience of seeing one of these things live is. Yeah. 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 No, you can't, there's no yeah. way for to express how, how so, wild yeah. and magnificent looking it is. It's just, yeah. it's out of control. Wow, yeah. And it's next year. Uh yeah, yep. April of next year. Well, I would love to come and go somewhere I can see it. I tried to get a a ticket to uh visit some friends in Texas um in the in December, but then I found out you guys changed the laws again and or maybe maybe they were never changed, but you know, no you still don't let vac unvaxed people in the country. So hopefully that'll change in time and maybe I can get down and visit my friends in Texas and see that thing. That would be very cool. Yeah, yeah. Well and it, if it ends up being, you know, closer uh to us for whatever reason, I mean I've got a big house, you're welcome here. And so would, yeah, he has be... a I have a guest room. So one of them is bound to be empty. Yeah. Yeah. So. I'm a lot of us up here are long overdue for a trip, of course um so so hopefully uh hopefully yeah let's uh let's get get working on that those enochian airs ethers uh to uh get the u.s laws changed um and let, let people enter the country again us dirty uh deplorables let us out, <laughs> let us out of our basket right. <laughs> yeah that's that's crazy that's we, we, really we miss american cuisine oh no you shouldn't do you <laughs> i mean i've never been anywhere else but i can't assume that it's worse yeah my, my <laughs> girlfriend she's my girlfriend's like you'll eat every other kind of food but you don't like american food i'm like no it's gross like what like i'm not gonna eat that shit most of the time oh my gosh matt my boyfriend sent me this video for a recipe and it's like 
because he's like, well, you love fruit. So I, I thought I'd send you this. And it's like, cut up the fruit and put it in a bun pan. And then you're going to take orange juice and add sugar and cornstarch and butter. And what? then blend that up and you'll pour it into the bun pan with the cut up fruit and then put it in the fridge. And it'll make, and I'm like, why would, why would you do that to fruit? Like, I like fruit because it's fruit. I didn't, I've never been eating a strawberry and went, mm, needs butter. Butter, strawberries, yum. Oh, (laughs) not once, not once have I thought that. No, I do. I am excited to try out famous uh, Texan barbecue and all of that jazz, of course. Um, yeah, and I really want to try out like uh, New Orleans cuisine, and there's some cuisines in the states I'm very keen to try out. Um, it would be cool to like do a little tour of like Kentucky bourbon distilleries one day. There's a lot of things in the states I haven't seen. I've gotten, I've been blessed enough to see a lot of the states, but not not enough. There's so many cool parts to your country that uh, that would be worth checking out culturally as well. You have so many different subcultures, and that's one thing we have very little of up here, right? Like we got we got the French, and we got then the weird French in Cape in in Acadia and Cape Breton, and then the Celts in Acadia in in Cape Breton. We got the Scottish Celts there, and then the Irish Celts in Newfoundland. And then the First Nation cultures, but again, just not so much subcultures, not, you know, there's nothing, uh, there's nothing cool about any province like there is about Kentucky or Texas or, you know, I guess, I guess California has in and out (laughs) (laughs) cultural claim to fame. Right, right, yeah, yeah, it's not great, you know, but I I would recommend New Orleans, though, for sure. That place is great. Yeah. My friend took yeah. a bus down there before, long uh, in the year before Katrina happened, and and I always sort of wished that I'd been uh, like old enough at the time to go with her, but I was a bit too young for a cross country bus trip at that age. I think I think it was like seventeen, but yeah, that would have been cool. I'd love to see it even as it is now. I saw Damien's new video on his Invisible Cities videos are really cool. Um, uh, that he's done with New York and with uh, New Orleans with that artist, uh, forget his name, but amazing artist. I don't know if you're know, aware of Damien's Invisible City videos on YouTube, but they're worth checking out. Yeah, check them out. Yeah, really, really, really fun uh, fun point advantages uh, of these cities with so much history. I always love that stuff. I lo- a lot of what I watch online when I watch stuff is like archaeology and yeah, ancient history, of course, and I like to watch the guys who de- debunk like the Graham Hancock and stuff. And so you can see both sides of it. And, you know, because you watch one and you're like, oh, my God, there's things underneath. And then you watch the other and they're like, no, there's not. Yeah. And the pr- truth is probably somewhere in the middle, you know. Well, we have like weird underground tunnels here, don't we? Oh, yeah. Under our city. Yeah, there's yeah, there's tunnels underneath a lot of American cities um, that are. Yeah, we got that up here, too. Yeah, which yeah. is creepy. It's for uh, the reptiles and the lizards. Yeah, well, yeah, right. It has nothing to do with with uh, with the temperance movement and scotch running and anything. Yeah, well, right, yeah. I, I think the reptiles. They're, yeah, they're multiple purpose. I would imagine you know? <laughs> they're multi purpose titles. You imagine you're you're like in the old days carrying carts by lamplight with a guy and like smuggling the gin, and then you know you turn a corner and there's like a couple like lizard people just walk by and you're like yo. Like that. 
<laughs> you want to talk about us? We want to talk about you. Okay. Right. <laughs> I don't want those Royal Canadian Mounted Police down in the tunnels. <laughs> Fortunately, their horses don't fit. <laughs> See, yeah. That, that, I haven't really seen any reptile talk in, in, in the Blavatsky yet. That's know. true. Yeah. I haven't really you think seen she was, I, yeah, I don't think she was into reptile stuff. No, but it's you, hard to say that. It, There's a lot of stuff I've heard people say about Blavatsky that I'm like, well, we haven't gotten to that yet. So I don't. Yeah, we'll see. Yeah, I, I don't. Yeah, but those they're... those are like the people that say the OTO secretly rules the world, right? Right. Yeah. <laughs> like you've clearly yeah. never met anyone in the OTO. <laughs> well, we have, and, and, and God help us if they're running the world. Is, is all I gotta say. <laughs> Some of them are nice. They're great. Well, they're great. They're just busy some doing. Of them are very, very not nice, but some of them are real sweeties. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I, uh, tons of wonderful OTO people. They're just not running the world. They're they're like right. They're, yeah. No, that's fair. Doing very different things. <laughs> you know, like I don't know keeping Gnostic masses going takes effort. You know, we all, all of us here know how much energy it takes to put on rituals and get people yeah. to, to uh, show up to the things they say they're going to show up to and stuff like that. Yeah. I don't think they have time to, to rule the world in, in this, in their, in their spare time. Um, well, but I mean, maybe the reptile zone, they don't sleep or something, you know, Fuck, we don't know. <laughs> oh, can you imagine? I think option to sleep like as a recreational activity but it'd be sweet to not have to sure yeah yeah I don't know. Um, before i lose you do you want to share any more of your art gabriel uh sure uh any requests i don't I know, know you guys have to go beat beat each other up or beat people up or well i just go and box he's You're not boxing box. it's not we rolling day together right yeah uh yeah Any i really like um the hierophant i think your hierophant is particularly fun okay all right well here's this one this is this is the third one i did um so the hierophant uh get here so you don't get the glare but he's a, a gray yes. alien yeah um and he's you know in front of a big stained glass window and he's got uh, a couple little wooden people down there following him um well, that's so fun yeah well, thanks um yeah they you've got like the red door there you know for the church and you know the the door of the vesica pisces uh you know for entering the church you know it's the it's the you know the, yeah the, the vaginal opening there um you know the the stained glass is a big uh pentagram um alien, alien vagina is the name of our of our collab project <laughs> I, I like it i'm down all right yeah i'll get working on the single all right um but the the job of the hero fan is to you know dispense wisdom and be the go-between between god and and the people right yeah. so in the, in the corners up here i have uh hidden uh if you look at this one it, it says dmt and then over here it says uh it's at thc and then I've got LSDs down in this corner, hidden in there. Yeah. And then I've got 
666 over here because you know left hand pathy kind of stuff you know it, it's another way of taking in enlightening oneself and separating from the flock i suppose in, in a lot of ways um it never hurts to have a bible reference and 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 some people see that as a jesus reference in fact so there you go well right you're, you're yeah. hitting many levels at once higher well, style right yeah and then on his his little sash here i've got the the emblem for the golden ratio because mm. uh, i base all of my cards on uh or like the the skeleton of it is a golden rectangle it's 34 by 55 centimeters the originals oh, cool. um and yeah so then i take um it's all based on phi yeah oh yeah oh yeah mm -hmm. everything everyone i take that and i like mirror it so i've got a big square up here you can kind of see it you know pretty obviously here in this one you got the big square up here um and then i mirror it so there's another square here right um and then i'll figure out what uh what's an appropriate numbered star to put in each of those circles that i'll, I'll put a circle in the square you know and it's so it's different for every card you know i, I figure out you know well do I want a six or a seven or a five or, you know, or a 10, you know, it, it kind of goes all over the map, whatever I feel is an appropriate corresponding thing. That's kind of calling out to me. Cause a lot of it's intuition, you know, a lot of it's, you know, you just like open yourself up. And um, I find a lot of that requires, well, not maybe not requires, but uh, like the, the combination of, of weed and caffeine kind of helps put me in that, that meditative place. Mm -hmm. Um well, caffeine, I relate to mercury. Um, we have a, a entity we kind of half created, I think, <laughs> called Caffeina. And she's kind of like my own little personal, like, mercury representative. That's like my go-between that, you know, gives me the information, you know. Um, caffeine yeah. servitor. Right, yeah. And then you've got, like, the stained glass windows down here. Each one oh, yeah. corresponds to a different element and has a... Um, chalices of blood yep chalices of blood and you know yeah yeah, so, yeah that's the hero fan for you love yeah. it i love it well thank you yeah. um yeah uh well here i'll show you the, the devil too while i'm oh here. yeah the devil's in the now the, the devil is a fun one um so i did this one he was a couple ones ago so i got him done about three four months ago um and so i have yeah. the devil as a jack-in-the-box popping out like pandora's box so you know you open the box of the devil and That's all so that cool. and and he's got a chessboard in front of him in which he's playing chess with you because that's what the devil does right um and, and uh <clears throat> yeah and i took a goat head you know used that as his or a goat skull he's as his head um he's got i love the marionette uh, stick yeah with the, oh yeah thanks with, oh, with the hierophant on the marionettes yeah yeah oh, well yeah because I, so cool. I, I like i self-referenced my own deck in this one a bit so i took uh the hierophant used him as the bishop right and then i've got the high priestess as the queen uh and i've got the death guy as the knight and I've got the tower as the rook. And then the devil himself, his the corner of his jack-in-the-box is on the 
square that the black queen the black king would start on um yeah and you know i've got he's a saturnian card so i've got the you know the chess clock you know uh hourglass over there um yeah all that i guess so no, i love yeah. it man it's so fucking amazing thank you so much for sharing some of that with us and i know you've sent me some images before and it just blew my mind and was really excited to uh share some of this with the world so yeah we'll have to uh you have to let me know when you have a method by which people can uh, get prints or whatever. And I hope you do a little uh, major arcana deck at some point. And because uh, I, I know I know everyone says probably says that because there's so many decks and just they keep coming out all the time. But I really think yours is, you know, they're all special, but yours is specialer. Well, well I appreciate that very much. Thank you so much. Um, yeah. Like you spend like over a month on each card and then we do like little rituals that support them too so like mm -hmm. um the, the, their creation is in is is intermixed with active ritual that you guys are doing oh yeah yes yeah. So, that's so hardcore so like with the devil card for example we hosted a chess tournament at my house to go with the chess imagery and the devil card uh with the hermit we did a ritual where we put together a jigsaw puzzle and no one was allowed to leave the house until the jigsaw puzzle was put together in its entirety yeah. in one evening. And it was a Willy Wonka puzzle because... He is also a hermit. He's a hermit. Yeah. That's so cool. Yeah. Yeah. Every time we try and do that for the star, um, we had a, a New Year's Eve party and the, the thing was everybody was supposed to dress up as a, a celebrity. So. Yeah. That's great what a yeah wonderful yeah well thank wonderful. you yeah we, yeah it's kind of a, a you know i'm the one pushing the pencils but in a lot of ways it's a group effort you know um my girlfriend helps a lot she's been the model for several of them ray here has been the model for a couple of the figures yeah, i'm a weird bee lady yeah um, yeah she's and also <laughs> yeah. like a bumblebee yeah yeah for the for the empress we made uh, uh i made a queen bee Oh, cool. Yeah. Um, Very cool. To, yeah. And I used the background of an actual um, throne room for um, some Russian place uh, or you know, palace or whatever as the background. There was an inspiration for the background anyway. Um, I've got little bees down in the, the corners here. I don't know if you can. Yeah. And I like how the the, um, the 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 yellow and black of the bee, you know, that that, you know, it, emulates the the black and white of the floor oh yeah yeah, yeah. um yeah it, and you know she's got the little wand which is a, a one of the oh, honey... It's a honey stick yeah 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 That's awesome. um yeah uh well thank you you know and it fades up to the sky you know like the, the um you know like a new wheat kind of reference you know um and the bee is such a such a esoteric symbol. A lot of people don't even realize its role in esotericism. Right. Yeah. And then, yeah, I've got her sitting on a throne that's a uh, a rose. Yeah. yeah, right. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah, that's a fun Hardcore. one. Hardcore. That is a fun one. Wow. Yeah. And when I was working on that one, uh, I print t-shirts with a friend of mine. We do like uh, on-site screen printing, like Yes. artsy you know we use some of my pictures that i've made um and we happened to be at this festival where they had a big 
beekeeping facility. And so we got to drink like fresh honey, like right out of the, uh, right out of the, the comb, I guess, uh, at that. And I also got bit by a bee at that same time. Um, not like, not at that festival, but a, a totally different place. And it was like way past the time when bees would have been active. You yeah. Know? You don't get bit as stung as much by bees. It seems as an adult, I can't remember the last time I got stung by yeah. anything yeah. like that. Yeah, I haven't since. And this yeah. is this is what probably four years ago, five years yeah. ago. Yeah. Time's gotten weird, man. Yeah. I, I yeah. remember when I was a kid, it felt like I was getting stung by shit all the time. Like, you know, <laughs> yeah, I'd, right. I'd get in the car at night. Oh, there's a bee in my pants somehow. Cause why? Cause <laughs> like that shit happened all the time. One of us, my sister or one of her friends would run through a hornet's nest. Like that shit was everywhere. And now it's like can't yeah. Yeah. Hmm. Um, do we have to lose you um it's three o'clock your time it's noon my time now um, oh i need to leave at 3 30 but i have all my boxing gear in my car so i can literally go straight from gabe's house to boxing so technically right. we have like 30 minutes to wrap this up okay yeah cool cool, cool. um any um any uh new new releases in the in the occult book world that have uh you guys have engaged with because there's cool stuff coming out all the time these days as we're all well aware and and as our pocketbooks much regret but have you gotten to enjoy a, a, anything new nouveau and uh interesting Not really i've been working on buying up the reprints of the kenneth grant because that's where the book club is headed um but those are reprints you know they're not new work um our one friend that i mentioned earlier who does the clown magic loaned me a book that I think is actually a few years old um but it's I think it's just called Holy Guardian Angel and it has a lot of different people's like essays about the Holy Guardian Angel um some of which are people I know I recognize from listening to your show but now I can't think of any of the names because of course I can't um so I've been reading that as well but I haven't been doing a lot of reading new releases um, as far as new releases go, I've been following a story in comic books. Um, but that's about it. And then I do the book club and then it's just my training schedule and HGA stuff. Um, yeah, that's pretty much my life right now. It's very regimented. Yeah. <laughs> Not a yeah, bad I, thing. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And my reading is been pretty much with the book club um that we have so yeah and we've been going over um a whole lot of like more of the classic works of, of occultism rather than any of the newer stuff um because you know like she said the ultimate kind of goal of the book club was to get to kenneth grant and you know she asked me well you know as someone that's read grant already what do you think would be good books to prepare? Right. Like, what do I need to have read to understand what the fuck I'm going to be reading? Yeah. yeah. Right. And so we kind of created this list of, of works that I thought would probably be, you know, a benefit or appropriate um, to have some kind of understanding of some of his concepts and stuff in. Um, and we've just been powering through those. Yeah, what do you recommend now that you have brought up Kenneth Grant? What what do you recommend for I'm sure some after what you've said, people are gonna be like, What are the books? I wanna know. 
<laughs> um, well, um, we read some Eliphas Levi. Yep, we they did Transcendental Magic by Eliphas Levi. Um, we did some Israel regarding. Yeah, we, we did uh, Middle what, Pillar and Garden of Pomegranates. Yep. Um, I would say uh, there's uh, the Dark Lord by um, Lavenda. Lavenda is is a good primer for the whole Typhonian trilogies. Um, and he tends, like Crowley tends to uh, reference, or sorry, Grant tends to reference Crowley uh, like uh, a lot. So like, you know, if you haven't read the Book of the Law, which, you know, then you, you need that first off. Um, and the book, The Laws for All uh, is referenced a whole lot by Grant uh, in there. And it's Crowley's own kind of breakdown and commentary on the book of the law, like verse by verse. Yeah. Um, and there's a lot of that that happens in, in you know, these occult writings, as a, a lot of people know. Um, it's like, okay, well, here's this either channeled or ancient document. Let's take it down line by line and see what the, the hidden meanings are here, you know, reading between the lines, basically. Um, yeah, and then we've been going through um, Levatsky, The Secret Doctrine. Um, I think we're doing Manly P. Hall next, probably. Yeah. Um, we did a few other Kabbalah books. We did some Lon Milo Duquette, um, The Chicken Kabbalah and the Son of Chicken Kabbalah very early on. I think that was what we started with. One of the books I recommend for anybody, especially somebody when they like crack just the door on occultism and hermeticism in general, yeah. is um, Understanding the Thoth Tarot by Duquette. Yeah. Uh, I think that, like, I, I've i read it a couple times, and I, you know, like, when I read that one, it was early on in me wanting to get these things, you know, my tarot cards going and stuff, and it totally inspired me and, and kind of, like, open my mind to the world of possibilities of which I can work with here. You know, what was that weird math book? Yeah, that long was considers like, that like an alternative math textbook oh, yeah. that didn't admit it was an occult book. Um, oh, a beginner's guide to creating the universe. Hmm. It's really good. It's broken into 10 chapters. Each chapter corresponds with a number. Um, and it, it, it mentions the Kabbalah in there once or twice, but it doesn't advertise itself as a Kabbalah book, but it's also like, it's a book that really digs in and analyzes numbers and nature uh, and, you know, all of the qualities, which is what Kabbalah is at the end of the day, you know, you're, you're, you're trying to understand the nature of these numbers and what they can do and, and what they mean. Um, so, yeah, uh, I can't remember the, the, the author, I can grab it real quick. Um, Any good one-liners, Ray? Any good one-liners? Um, yeah. <laughs> uh, you don't have to answer that. <laughs> uh, a, a Beginner's Guide to Creating a Universe by Michael Constructing. S. Constructing oh, oh. the Universe. Okay, by Michael okay. Schneider. Yeah, I, I think I've seen that book before, but never, never broken uh, it open. So it's a, it's a high, you give it a recommendation then, eh? Yeah, it's got a whole lot of geometry and just nature and, you know, seeing, I guess, seeing the grand design in the world, 
you know, uh, which I think is one of the things that keeps people from being happy. You know, like when you can look outside and see there's some kind of plan at work or some kind of design in progress, you go, okay, well, where are we going? What's happening? There's some kind of intelligence guiding it because geometry is how intelligence gives itself away. Mm. It's an organization. I think of it just as like the glory of God, you know, which is well, sure. nature. I mean, it's a class. Like, sometimes the old language is actually quite handy, I find, you know, like right. rather than then debate what kind of communication you got or what on what level of veracity you would hold it. It's like in the olden days, you'd call it revelation, you know, sure. yeah. this yeah. thing was revealed to me or I was inspired. What does that mean? What that you were inspired? Uh, were you working with a spirit or, or were you just going for a walk in a beautiful place? Like who cares? You know, right. when you use those old terms, sometimes you can just sort of be a bit more, uh, ambiguous and and not worry so much about trying to sort of fit into a structuralist box uh, like uh, like a good modernist mm-hmm. yeah yeah um quick question before i forget the Bla- kenneth grant's house i recently found out was actually called the black lodge okay is that okay. true do you know about, anything about that uh I'm trying to, I think it, it, it may have been, don't quote me. Um, I think it may have been, um, yeah, if you don't know, that's fine. I just, uh, there's some photos going around. I was like, wow, that's an impressive house. And it's called the black lodge. I'm like, did he actually call his house the black lodge? Interesting. I don't know much about him as a person. Yeah, me neither. I mean, that's why I had, that's why you, you sent me Gabriel last time. <laughs> I was looking for a, a Kenneth Grant person to, uh, talk about because again i've only ever yeah i think that's actually started with me trying to get you into the book club it's like i have this idea for a book club i'm gonna start we're building up to reading kenneth grant and you were like you're reading kenneth grant and i was like well i haven't read it read it before but i want to and i have some of the books and some of my friends have read it and you're like, you can put me in touch with someone who's read. <laughs> yeah. yeah, it's uh, not in my circle. It's not something people generally read. Of course, the most people I know are I either Golden Dawn types or um, a bit a bit bit too Christian for uh, for the Crowley uh, stuff. So, you know, but it's very interesting. I've always found Kenneth, uh, you know, any I'm always interested by any serious practitioner. Right. If they're, oh, sure. if they're, yeah, they're, it's always very interesting. And, and I do, uh, I do think, yeah, that there's a lot of, uh, I think his work's amazing. His work's amazing. Anyone who doesn't see that, um, you know, it needs to read more of the preliminary preparatory works or something. <laughs> to, <laughs> but because it's definitely daunting, it would be daunting to the newbie. I, I couldn't imagine. Oh. Oh, well, yeah. and I started reading, I got my hands on a first edition copy of Alistair Crowley and the Hidden God. And started reading that by myself. But like, first off, it's not the first book in the trilogies. Um, And then the other thing that I found was I was aware that I had a first edition and that it was rare. And it's kind of a little bit harder to get through a book when you're like, well, you know, I could take it to the office and read on my lunch. But what if something happens to So I think I'll have considerably more success with the reprints. Um, but I, I found it easier to read than I expected it to be, but I'm sure by the time I get through all nine books, I will realize it's not that easy. Much like, 
the Blavatsky makes me feel dumb. I'm not going to lie. Like, <laughs> there are points in Blavatsky where I'm like, have I even been studying this shit since I was nine? I'm not sure. Maybe I'm a poser. <laughs> yeah, no, Blavatsky's tough. She's she's a lot... I, I, it's hard to find a good a good descriptor. Um, she's a little more dry, I guess, than Grant. Grant, I, I found Grant easier to get through because it was... I don't want to say more entertaining necessarily, maybe a little more engaging. He's he's less uh less invested in like having all the Hindu stuff. Blavatsky's like Hindu crazy. Well, like, and also like um, she switches between languages. So yeah. there's a lot of like like if she's going to quote someone who originally said it in French, she just says it in French. Mm-hmm. And it's on you to know French. Um, which Google Translate is a big savior on that, but like it is a little daunting even with that to be like, okay, well, in the middle of this word, there was some Latin or this sentence, there was some Latin. Let me look up what that means. Now we're to Hebrew and like, I'm not as good at Hebrew as you are. So for me, Hebrew means let me pull out my chart mm-hmm. and I can go, all right, that's an Aleph and that's a Gimel. And then now let me put them together like a toddler learning how to read. And now I know what that word is. Um, it gets to be a lot. <laughs> She's tough like that. Um, another thing that's a little challenging with with at least these books of hers is the the footnotes. Um, and you know, most of the like really good occult books I've read have a ton of footnotes, right? It's just for the course but hers are like all the way at the back of the book and and there's like a footnote every other paragraph and so like you you're just constantly yeah. just flipping back and forth and it's a and end notes are the devil's work oh it's a pain in the ass like you know it, it's great you know that the and, books and are great but there's like, shit in there that's just like oh man i'm glad i read all the footnotes right yeah yeah Yeah, absolutely yeah yeah curse on all those who use endnotes it's uh it's like especially if all it is is like if all of the endnote says is ibid oh yeah yeah yeah. oh yeah yeah i mean yeah the the the, those things like they, they they did not that was that's not it's not an academic thing really most most universities will not let have you do that they'll tell you not to do that um yeah you know so the styles changed a lot but you get you get new occultists reading old scholarship and then thinking those methods are current whereas academia has moved on to some much more practical methods um and, and 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 uh, common practices you know they these things get better and evolve and stuff so Blavatsky I mean yeah good for you I mean I did my time so <laughs> doing um yeah 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 it, it it's not bad you know I mean it's it's actually very good it's just <laughs> I just don't know if I would make it through if I had not come up with the idea of let's do a book club. So I'm held accountable to other people every week to say, yes, I read those pages. Yeah. Like I've powered through a lot of stuff on my own. I'm used to reading some dry, weird stuff, but even, 
yeah, even still, I think the book club does actually help me keep a little focused on getting through Levatsky because she's it's tough. It's tough. You know, there's a P.D. Newman in his first uh, book before Angels and Vermilion. What's it called? A psychic. Uh, no, philosophers, the philosophers stoned. The philosophers okay. stoned. He, All I right. think it's in that beginning of that book that he has an account of one of Blavatsky's earlier uh, experiments. Um, and it, it was in the States, I think in New York state. And, and it was, you know, using entheogens, using drugs to create uh, spirit connections and apparently it was such a profound experience. I think the way he tells it is that it sort of set off her on her journey in a different and more dramatic way. It's worth checking out for sure, because I can't remember the details. And Petey Newman is coming on. I had him booked for uh, November, but then I had to move him for various reasons. Um, and so that'll be interesting. So check it out, because the way I read it, and again, this is my memory, it seemed like... It was surprising because I sort of saw Blavatsky and her cohorts as having a different beginning. And it seems that they might have had a beginning which is grounded in in psychedelic experiments that resulted in very profound, very sort of real spirit interactions. Um, mm -hmm. And that it seemed also that they were then trying to just recapture that ever after, but were too maybe too scared to actually try continue practical operations and therefore just departed into pure speculation based on maybe this one or two really dramatic moments. Um, I have to I have to go back and reread that actually now that I think about it. But yeah. Yeah. That'd be worth reading. I, I could see that. I mean, uh, through history, you look at the hero's journey, a, a key component of that is a psychedelic experience you know having a vision quest on on some level or another and it's you know been part of secret societies initiations and all that for a long time probably since history you know began so yeah it makes sense that's how you communicate with the spirits that's how you you open those doors and yeah and when you have that kind of communication it does change you there you're reborn it, you're there's no going back you don't see life the same way anymore. Um, I had a friend that I grew up playing Dungeons and Dragons with and stuff uh, and drawing comic books with that I'd kind of, you know, drifted away from, you know, in our adulthood. But um, but after I'd had my, you know, one of my big DMT experiences, I was like, well, I need to share this with a few people. And so I got in touch with them. I'm like, all right, man, like, you need to see this because this is this is some wild shit you know like, <laughs> and he's like okay all right um and he was intrigued and he came up here and, and he'd done you know acid mushrooms you know those type of psychedelics and stuff before and, and it enjoyed them and had good experiences um but i had him up here in my room and i'm like okay well this is how we do it you know and i i loaded up the the bong with some for him and uh cut him loose you know and and he went for it and had this you know crazy experience you know he, he fell back on his back and was like twitching and shit and um and when he came to he was just like oh my god oh my god so that's that's it that's what this is oh my god like it, it shifts you like you're you're never the same and he ended up 
like uh, he ended up getting a divorce mm-hmm. uh, uh, in his own words it needed to happen you know like that experience was like okay here this this thing is not for you anymore and he'd been kind of like they've been trying to make it work and it wasn't mm-hmm. and so you know when you have a change if the change is for better sometimes it's still going to be there are tough times getting to that better place you know um so yeah he went through all that um but, you know and he, he took up magic as as a an interest at that point too you know he was reading a lot of crowley for a while i haven't talked to him in a minute so i, I don't know where he's at with things now but um yeah that was interesting though like it it, it changes you it, it you know once you contact whatever it is the other side the big guy girl energy whatever it is yeah it, like it, it leaves its thumbprint on you you're things are different you you have a different set of things that you're trying to accomplish then you know you, you're not less you're not so much mired in the the material world anymore you know you, you see it as that more or less rather than this is the thing it's more of like well there's a bigger thing this is a product of the bigger thing but you know don't lose sight uh, of the bigger thing you can zoom out when when your problems get really big and crazy zoom out yeah it's not so crazy so yeah really good advice actually you know just zoom out yeah yeah Strange things happen when we're constantly living our lives zoomed into a screen with filters and yeah. and uh, facades, all the all the beautiful gildings that Instagram and the internet provides us. It's it's yeah. so it's a uh, yeah. It's uh, no wonder people are in identity crisis and so. Uh, eager to define themselves in as firm and as many ways as possible um whereas you know you're probably better off not worrying about how to define yourself and just experiencing the light of the universe and let it you know flow flow with it i don't know yeah yeah i agree well it's more important to know who you are than to know how to communicate to every single person you've ever met who you are. Like the whole yeah. idea of having to have a social media profile that like, oh, I need to have my little one paragraph, 200 characters that explains the essence of who, who I am as a human being so that people can decide whether or not they wanna be friends with me. Yeah. That, that's very limiting. That doesn't work. Yeah. yeah well yeah i talked to a phd person recently and i thought oh i always like making new phd friends and i have met another one recently mm-hmm. who actually knows much better like almost probably arguably sort of somewhat fluent aramaic and hebrew so that's really exciting to me because then i can practice on them and they can help me learn more which generally i don't get a chance to do unless i pick up the books um but i talked to this other phd and and you know we we're getting to know each other and and uh when when she got my name she just signed off and i was like where'd you go she's like i went to find out who you are <laughs> i followed my twitters and all my you know search the internet no interest in talking with me whatsoever anymore <laughs> at all 
but to go rather to go investigate who I was based on accounts I've been locked out of for over five years and probably never really shared that much on anyway especially if you're talking about who are you in the totality of yourself I know so fucking surreal right but maybe it's also this thing where now when people meet each other they're they're just looking for some reason to, to to attack you and so they go dig through your shit I don't know what it is but it's just weird especially and I was expecting so much more from someone who's a professor at a university well, and yeah, that's, yeah, like, that like how old like, are you? The vision of people, I think, also comes down a lot to the fact that everything needs to be communicated in these little easily postable blurbs. If I have been convinced that by, like, one, we all have to have a social media. That's the first thing we're all convinced of. Then by having a social media account, that means you have a platform And you have a responsibility as someone with a platform to speak out on all of these issues. And you have to speak out in something that's short format to catch people's attention because we don't have the attention span for any sort of nuance. Of course, everyone's fighting with everyone because I have to have an opinion on every single thing, even if I don't know shit about it. And I have to have an opinion that is definitive enough to give you in 144 characters. And I better do it in a timely manner after it becomes the issue everyone's talking about or else I'm avoiding an important subject. Yeah, that's why it's just, yeah, why I saw it. No wonder everyone's killing themselves. Right, that's what I'm saying. That's why I gave up on all that shit. I can't do the social media thing anymore. And and in my opinion, it's society uh, on the macroverse uh, going towards an ego death because we've got a huge society of narcissists right now, right? And it's unsustainable. You hit a point where it's just unsustainable because everybody wants attention. Not everybody can give attention because everybody wants attention. You're not giving anybody else attention if you're the one demanding it, right? So there becomes a lack of that. And then all the the narcissists starve eventually. It just has to get a point where there's not enough food for them to survive, which is attention. And things get worse right before they change. You know, so your ego death comes along right at the point where you're sure as shit and you know everything and you got to tell everybody else how right you are and more so than them. And, And, you know, so, yeah interesting beautifully said beautifully said well thank you yeah i'm about to we're about to lose you right right oh, yeah about to lose you any any uh i don't know can you can you top gabriel for last words of insight and wisdom about this uh everything we're talking about it's it's always fun it's great to talk to you both and, and and have you guys together i think this is uh this i don't i haven't really done this much where there's two people you know a whole little um, I guess I guess the only other time, well, yeah, the only other time was uh with Lori and and Damien. So this is cool to have yeah. another little three way podcast um yeah. with such cool people that remind me that you know you just don't need to sweat the small stuff. There's great people out there. Uh, don't waste your time on on fucking morons. Um, <laughs> you know, a lot of people uh, have reached out to me this past month to let me know I. Uh, how how much they hate my podcast and hate me and and uh, that we shouldn't talk about drugs or alcohol because people are sensitive and they can't ha- ha- handle hearing that stuff 
on podcasts and I'm like, well, why are they listening to me? First of all, (laughs) you know, I can't help but listen to the thing I hate. Like that's, that's our culture in a nutshell, right? I believe there was an episode where you said it's magic without fears, not magic without tears, bitch. Yeah. Well, and that might sound bad because that's in the name of Marco Visconti's podcast, which I didn't know, of course, at all. Um, Mm -hmm. But yeah. Um, yeah, that that's not meant as a slight to him, but as a uh, at all for sure. So please, please <laughs> don't think that Marco's cool. Um, but I thought it was a problem. But that is the idea. That was the that. I mean, I didn't put any thought into the name of the podcast because I assumed it would be canceled right away, like the last three I had started. Right. So it was like <laughs> it was like the name Jethro Tull is just the name I chose for that thing because you know Jethro Tull just picked that name randomly because all the other band names they picked the band they did a bad show and no one came back and that was the <laughs> band they were using the night they happened to have a good show so they got stuck with it so that's what magic yeah. Years became but yeah the idea is that it should be we should be somewhat fearless in in talking about these things and there's just such a weird thing between the people who are like you can have spiritual experiences but not without but not with plant medicine or not with entheogens. And then there's people like you can have spiritual experiences, but they're not real unless you have plant medicine and entheogens and psychedelics involved. I've, I know people in both camps and my favorite people are like you who are like, guess what? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I appreciate that. Thank you. You can can do both. And uh, it might just take a bit more responsibility and self mastery, which is, you know, I think uh, you guys are you guys seem like really wonderful demonstrations of that, especially with uh, with, the you know, the rigorous discipline you're bringing into your lives, which is just very inspiring to see. I mean, you're about to go off and and punch bags and uh, Gabriel, the freaking tarot is just coming along so beautifully. It's it's absolutely inspiring to to the core. So thank you again for sharing that. I, I mean, we're obviously going to have to do this again, eh? Oh, absolutely. Anytime you want. Thanks and, for having us uh, on. Let's direct our wills to get your country to at least let at least the Canadian deplorables in, right? Come on. <laughs> give us a break. I can understand those, like, you know, I don't know, other deplorables, but like, you know, we got to be a little less deplorable in Canada. Yeah. I mean, we're... You're America's hat, for God's sake. Yeah. We can't let our own hat in. Yeah. We're, we're, ha- we're having a flannel deficiency down here. It's fucked up. <laughs> I've been building up my flannel collection. Right. Right, well, I just picked this one up at Sportsman's Warehouse right. last week. Beautiful, <laughs> beautiful. All right, we'll say a, an official farewell then. Um, as All we right. look at right on the on the on the money twelve twenty nine, and yeah. uh, so look at me. I stayed on schedule. I got up nice and early for you guys. Caffeinated and uh ready to well my sister's coming over soon we're doing a family birthday for me because uh well we're busy next week when it actually is so or she is and stuff so yeah so it's been a really fun day so thanks for uh, uh having a helping me have a wonderful start to my little family celebration day absolutely and right. if i don't talk to you again happy birthday yeah, yeah yeah it's i you know i'll do a little silly live stream or something on the day or, or some some stuff like that we got a big aquarium party next weekend so all my aquarium friends are having they're all film people so there'll be a a big film party karaoke thing all night so that should be crazy yeah a little fun back into the world it's a good thing <laughs> letting yeah. us out of our cages for now <laughs> you know. all right. that guy Peace and love.
Thanks All for right. listening, guys. Um, and, oh, yeah. Where where can they find you? Where can people find you? Where do you want people? Do you oh, want nowhere. People to find you? No, nowhere. no. Leave these two alone. Leave these <laughs> two alone. They don't want to talk to you. Social media presence they don't want to know who you up. are. Um, I have a Facebook, but like, I uh, leave don't them alone. Anything, and I've been systematically going through and deleting everything that has been posted. They can message me on Facebook, I guess, if they're cool enough. I might ignore them if they're not cool enough. If we'll people see. liked this episode, they can listen to my episode with you, Ray, and they can listen to my episode with Gabriel. And uh, and if that's not enough, they can wait till next time because right. they can message you and say, bring them on again, I guess. I will bring you guys on yeah. again. You guys can come on anytime. Anything. Or, or, or say hi in the comments. Uh, you know, I'll, I'll check out the comments. Oh, yeah, yeah. So, I'll check the comments on YouTube. YouTube video. No okay, that's next comments on YouTube. Sounds good. Sounds good. All right. Well, thanks for uh, being here. Yeah. And... Bye. All right. All right. I can just stop that. Boom. At Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place by working more efficiently, by using more sustainable practices, by developing better technologies. We keep moving forward with each new idea, innovation, and partnership. We're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, visit parker.com slash purpose. Parker, engineering your success. Diving deep into the practices and reality tunnels of the esoteric and the occult, check out Praxis Behind the Obscure podcast, where I interview practicing occultists, do book reviews, and much more. Check us out on YouTube, Red Circle, and many other podcast platforms.